0: This is ma Ma max Headroom, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. one man in the 80s that hated snakes that bad. And we're going to talk about him today on this episode. I want to welcome you all back to Dude Looks Like the 80s. We kind of revamped this thing and uh, we decided to uh, jump back into this because there's just too much 80s greatness not to talk about. And in the process of doing so, as far as facebook goes there's one guy that i felt like this guy's more obsessed with the 80s than i am and it's pretty scary and uh, it's my brother from across the pond rj mccready i mean this guy would send me pictures of casio digital watches <laughs> adverts you know just to say hey check this out i'm like wow this guy's eat up with it so rj man <laughs>
1: welcome to the show man it's good to be here, Rick. Thank you. I just want to get something out of the way. I'm sorry I'm not Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry
0: you're not either.
1: <laughs> yeah, just uh, some guy from the East End of London, really. I'm not really uh, post one or anything like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he comes from London Town. He's just
1: an ordinary guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, Rick, it's great to be here, man. Um, yeah, I've been listening to your show for three years, Um I first got into listening to the podcast through Podcasting Hornet Hill with Gavin Dan. Yes, our brothers um, at Legion, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, it all happened, really. Uh, yeah, say It all happened with John John Carpenter. Exactly. Um, I booked to go and see John Carpenter um, at the a very old uh, Troxy Theatre in the East End of London. And I was standing in the queue, and I was talking to these uh, yeah, Gavin Dan, who's stood in front of me. And Gab goes, oh, I, I do a podcast. And I thought, at that time, I was like, I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we we enjoyed the show, obviously, and then I went away and then I listened to it and I thought, this is great. Um, I liked what they were doing and um, what they were talking about. Um, and then there was an advert that came up for a helming, and then I got listening to your show. Um, and then it branched off from there, and I got onto Facebook. and Yeah. It, it just feel, feel, feels like now. It's like a family. Absolutely. Um, You know, we're we're just having a lot of fun. We're just guys from that generation that are just reminiscing these classic movies and songs and everything. You know, it's it's, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, even though you hadn't really been podcasting, you've been such a part of all these different shows that are all tied into (laughs) Legion and and Horophilia as well. But, you know, you're always – Piping in on things and bringing up movies and bringing up commercials. And it's like, man, this guy needs to be podcasting. And uh, I couldn't think of a better opportunity, man. I just I think this is going to work out great because we both love the subject matter right here.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I really appreciate you saying that, Rick. And I'm, like so I say, I'm stoked to be here. And I think that's what the 80s does generally. I think it does sort of fire you up. When someone talks about the 80s, I just, I don't know, it just... And someone was living in that generation. It just, uh, just sort of gets you, gets you fired up, and makes you want to bring up subjects like the old Casio digital <laughs> watch or trade. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, and when you talk to other people about it, they go, "Oh yeah, I remember that." And it's like they're fired up as well, you know. And it's, yep. and I, I think there's that thing on Facebook where. If you post something like that, everybody's going. Oh yeah, I remember that. You know, and it's, absolutely. It's just it's just a buzz. It's it's a it's a good thing. You know, <laughs> and that's
0: and, and that's the other great thing it's going to be about this because you know it's one thing to talk about the movies, but it's the other thing of all the nostalgia around it, the time period of when these things were happening, and the impact that they had. I mean, you're talking about the generation that went from big the the real big blockbuster movies straight into MTV generation. You know, so much changed right there that we still feel the repercussions of it now, and I don't know. I I mean, everybody's partial to their own decades, but I think as far as the impact on, well, even social media and the way that we just accept things. I mean, you take songs from the 80s, you know, you take a Journey song, and it don't matter how young the person is, they know a Journey song, and I think that's incredible. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah. Because um, I don't,
0: I don't know Benny Goodman songs, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> which would be the hey, same could, scenario. I, I said, I said to you before we started this show, I said I don't know everything about the '80s, so you might just need to help me out on that. But we'll work it out, do you know. what I mean, and oh, as yeah. I said to you before, three um, in our sort of pre-production, the thing about the thing I love about the '80s is there's so much I still don't know about it. If that huh. makes sense, you know, sure. it's it. Especially with um, uh, the re-release of um, Arrow, which yes. I think Duncan Malakish has got some sort of uh, shares <laughs> in or something he's always talking about. Hit, <laughs> hit, nudge, nudge. I still think the bloke's cloned, but we'll go into that another time. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I go. so I go into, um, like, HMV, uh, the, you know, the sort of video shop over here, <laughs> and I look on the shelf and I think how come I've never seen this film before? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just crazy. And I think maybe that's a lot to do with, um, I suppose it's the video nasties that came out in the eighties, isn't it? They kind of sort of got put away and now they're coming back out now. Right. So. right. Um, but yeah,
0: And just amazing. the barrage of movies that came out at that period, too, because you had the VHS explosion as well. So there's yep. a lot of movies that really didn't even deserve to be put on VHS. <laughs> 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 but it ended up being these movies that everybody are searching for. Everybody's looking for these kind of lost films. So that really ties into to kind of what we're looking at this decade as well.
1: There's also a lot of love for those movies as well, even if they're done on a budget. Right. And they're... There's almost like it's like a sort of nostalgia thing, isn't there? Right. Um, and it, it works in a funny sort of way. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of films i got downstairs when, you know, my, my missus says to me, Why are you watching that? You know, like, oh, you know, it's, it's nostalgia. And she, she just walks out of the room and goes, Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very true, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I get it. it. It has some sort of connection with me, and I think a lot of that's you know grown up, <laughs> you know, uh, in the '80s on my BMX bike and stuff. You know, it's just... absolutely. And I think I think the world's fetish in the '80s still now. You know. Yes, absolutely. I, I thought it might. I thought at some point it might fizzle out.
0: You know, eventually it yeah. will because that age group, us, are getting older, and it'll be. The the next group, which you know, the people I work with at work, they're all about mm, close to ten years younger than me. So they're all about the nineties, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. starting to see it peek its head up here and there from time to time, you know. And and uh, you know, and that's fine. These things just go in that kind of cycle. So, uh, but yeah, uh, you hold on to the things you grew up with that that when you were most being able to be influenced by things. And we just got lucky with the time period because, just like this movie we're going to talk about today, it was a trendsetter for for a ton of movies that were coming up that we're still seeing that are kind of reminiscent of the same
1: story. Absolutely, I think, um, and that's one of the reasons why I chose this movie um, because this is the, this is the film that got me into watching films. Yeah. It is it's the first film I ever watched when I was a kid. My dad brought it home on VHS because um, he was a TV repairman back in the 80s. Yeah, And he worked for a company you probably don't know. It's called Rediffusion. Um, it had a TV repair shop next to it. And next door on, on the other end of the shop was a VHS video rental store. And I remember it as clear as yesterday. I went in there and there was a poster for Indiana Jones. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And my dad brought it home and he put it on and I was like, I, I sometimes wonder where I'd be now if I didn't watch that film when I was a kid. Too. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's the other thing too is yeah. I can tell from a lot of your posts and stuff, this is yeah. this is kind of your building blocks of who you are, you know. And and yeah. you love that I, I, that sense of adventure and and you know I know you go out and you you're looking for for old yeah, coins treasure, and yeah. stuff, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you yes. know, you are laughing about it, but it's true. I mean, it's, it's one of yeah, those things that, that spikes that interest in these kind of things, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm like the guy that didn't rip off Indiana Jones or the person that tried to rip off Indiana Jones. or like <laughs> the person that ripped off the guy that ripped off Indiana Jones, if you know what I mean. So I'm sort of down the other end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's had a big connection with me, Rick. It's, um, sure. You know, I do my day-to-day life, but I've always had this kind of go-out look for something and – you know, find treasure and stuff. And a lot of people laugh about it on this side of the fence. You know, I think it's a couple of bars up from train spotting. If you know what that is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, if you look on my Facebook page, you you can see what I, what i found. And, if anybody's interested, they can have a look at it. It's so. some pretty neat stuff, man. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's all it's all good fun. It's all good fun. It makes a lot of people at work laugh if that makes sense. You know. So. Keep them entertained, <laughs> hey, yeah. man. Keep them entertained. Yeah, <laughs> you can call me Indiana Jones. Hey, Indy, what did you find this week? <laughs> oh, I, I can go with
2: that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's,
0: it's going to no. be awesome. And you can already tell folks that, you know, we're not going to gel at all. So. <laughs> oh,
1: no, not at all. It's oh, going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: what we're going to do, we got a whole lot of new ideas for the show. And one thing we're just going to bust right into here is we're going to get a little nostalgic on here. We're going to take you back to the year 1981 and just kind of give you a recap of where we were before we jump into this movie. So, Ed McMahon, take us away.
2: Hey, listen, here's Ed McMahon, and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the Eighties, and
0: now here's the Eighties Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh- <laughs> you got to love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Rick. That's great. <laughs> All right, RJ, i tell you what, man. You go ahead and kick us off with uh, what was on the telly. i just like to read the TV Guide. Read the TV Guide. You don't need a TV.
1: Yeah, we've got the TV Guide, 1981. And I'm going to start here with uh, he's a wisecracking, fun-loving, freeloading, freelance, private eye. He's a hellraiser in paradise. It's Magnum P.I., Yes. CBS 8 o'clock. There you go. You couldn't be in 1981 without Magnum P.I.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, folks. In case you were wondering, they were watching Magnum P.I. across the pond as well. It was that impactful of a show.
1: We did, yeah. And we loved the theme tune, the Hawaiian <laughs> shirts, the tash, everything. Oh, it, it's, it was an amazing show for the time time everybody's talking about it. Well,
0: and what a perfect what a perfect one to talk about right here because we have seen a reboot of it on TV right now. Oh it, yeah,
1: that's right. And they are rebooting a lot of 80s stuff, aren't they right now? It's TV shows. Um, which, is, which is exactly I haven't seen the show, seen show myself, but it's kind of hard is to, isn't
0: it? I mean, you know, you're used to Tom Selleck and it, it's hard to it's hard to make that transition, and 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 I know everything goes in cycles, but this is a good case in point of why we're doing this show, because all the good ideas always come back floating up to the top, and somebody tries to redo them, and you know they're just not as impactful as they were originally. So
1: no, I, and I think sometimes in these cases, I think it worked better in the eighties because no one was trying to make it. I don't I don't think Magnum PR was really compared to anything else at that time. Exactly. It? I don't think you know. It's just I, I'm sure. Someone was in a studio. I mean, should we make should we make a TV show about a guy who lives in Hawaii? You know, he's an ex-military. Well, what's you amazing know, is bio. I was in it just works.
0: It? I was in junior high at this time when when this show came out, and even one of my teachers, which you know, she just loved <laughs> Magnum <laughs> PI. So it just shows oh, you yeah. again the
1: impact of these shows back then. Yeah. You know? And it also has significance to the film that we're going to review as well with Tom Siddick, oh, yeah. obviously he turned down Indiana Jones. So I right, think he was right. first in line to play it. Yeah, yeah. So um, cool stuff. What else you got? Okay, this one is uh, season premiere. Um, tonight, Ralph gets the message from an alien being. And this <laughs> is, on. when you look on the TV guide, there's a picture of a, a leaflet or something or booklet, and it says, how to use your super suit. And this is <laughs> William Catt, the greatest American hero on ABC at 8 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched it, Rick, but I've seen you post it on Facebook oh, a few yeah. times. And, it, it, again, it looks, it looks like something from the 80s. It oh, looks yeah. like a lot of fun, you know. It's, I,
0: I believe you would absolutely love it. So, I mean, you got William Cat, who's just a personality yeah. that you end up just loving anyways. But, you know, he gets a, a suit – You know, it's it's from outer space. And it gives him these superpowers. The problem is, it's always what you think about with, like, Superman and stuff. Like, when he first gets the suit and he starts learning how to fly... How how efficient was he at it, right? And that's the thing about this guy is he never really gets good at it. So he's always crash landing. He's always, you know, he ultimately saves the day, but it's always, you know, it's almost like the Jack Burton approach where. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know what? That's that's the other thing I was going to say. That's the other thing I like about the 80s is that you didn't have to be really good at everything, if that makes sense. You had these sort of characters that weren't, really top of their game, but they kind of had heart, if that makes sense. And that's kind of what I like about it, you know, you're not, yeah, <laughs> things don't really turn out for these guys, but they just, you know, they try uh, like, like Jack Burton, which I'm sure we'll probably get onto later on in the episode. Oh, without a
0: doubt. <laughs> and the thing about this too is the theme song. Again, the theme songs for all these shows were super popular. And matter of fact, the theme song from Greatest American Hero was a like a top ten hit in America. You know. So yeah, I mean, it was it was just a a popular show, and and so unlikely, and, and uh yeah, I think you should actually go back and try to try to oh, catch some God, of those.
1: I, and what you said there about the theme tunes. I mean, the theme tunes in the eighties are amazing. it's just like yeah. Yeah. it's almost like they went. Should we spend half the budget on the music? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know? for sure. It's almost like just just listen to the theme tune and go. Yeah, I've seen that episode. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I- I've got one more. Okay. In the TV guide. Um, so this is Gamma Ray's turn angry scientist into raging seven-foot tall green monster. Oh.
2: The Incredible
1: Hulk leaps on into your home. And uh, this one says it's got two hours of superhero special All on right. CBS APM. So there you go. Yeah, so it's uh, – who was that? Was that was – that, um, was that Bill Bixby? Bixby? Bill, yeah,
0: Bill Bixby is is Doctor Banner. Yeah, yeah, and Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Lou Ferrigno, yeah. you
1: can't handle the Lou. <laughs> you can't
0: handle the Lou. <laughs> that's a Hell Mean reference, folks. If you haven't caught that, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh... <laughs> if you don't know what that is, go visit Hell Mean. You'll figure it out. Yeah, there you go. There's a bit of appetizing here. I'll show you. Here. Oh man, um, I used I used to love to watch the Hulk, man. I mean, and I, in, in my mind, he's he's still the Hulk. I mean, and Let's talk about, again, just the opening of that show was just so awesome. I mean, with him getting in that machine and doing the scans, and he goes out, and he's changing the tire, and that's what triggers him becoming the Hulk. And and then you got the ending of the show with the saddest music Ever recorded, man. That when he's walking away to the next town or whatever, saddest yeah, music absolutely. ever created, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, you're all built up and then he gets in and showing you kind of deflated by the end of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I think that was my first experience of a superhero turning into a superhero. That makes sense? Yeah. Because yes. I think around about this time, you obviously had Superman, but then he was already. Yeah, Superman, if that kind of makes sense. But with this, it was you know, as a kid, I was you know watching this guy, you know, the scientist, he was transforming into the Hulk, and then that was it. You know, he's turned into the green monster, or whatever, you know, and that's pretty horrific, actually. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, the, that's the that's the thing is because not only changing,
0: but you know, he is uncontrollable. So even when he does change, you don't know yeah. that he's gonna do the right thing. You know. Yeah, I think as a kid, especially when the, you'd see the eyes and the eyes would change color, you're yeah. like, oh. So, yeah, pretty, pretty scary yeah, stuff. Is,
1: exactly. I, I think I was looking at my dad. And I was going, sort of Dad, am I supposed to be watching this? <laughs> <laughs> is this the good guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Hey, anyway.
0: I'll give a few from over here on our side. So, in 1981, the TV got here at, on ABC at eight o'clock. Uh, we had Eight is Enough, and that
1: was followed by The Love Boat. You familiar with either one of those shows? I'm not familiar with that one, Rick. You're going to have to educate me on that one.
0: Okay, well, Eight is Enough is about uh, Dick Van Patten, and, uh, and he has, you know, eight kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so Like you do? Kind of, yeah, exactly. That, that's why you have I a, t- a
1: cl- I know it's a clean show, Rick, but he's uh, got the right name. <laughs> <laughs> well, they nailed it, I think. But
0: uh, that's why you have he a television. Up to his name. You have a television, so you don't have eight
1: kids. So, uh, yeah. and of course,
0: the Love Boat. You never heard the Love Boat?
1: No, but I think I've heard you mention this one before. Yeah. but I need to check it out. So uh,
0: it's another that has a really popular theme song, The Love Boat. It's very. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was basically um, you would have an, an all-star guest. Cast that came on, and they would come on this show, and they all got on this cruise, what? and it was like sorted, sorted stuff going on, and uh, you were—if it's matchmaking, making—is basically what was going on. So it's the love yeah. boat, you know. So uh, you didn't really see anything, you know. You didn't see the loving happening, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you know what I mean. But uh, it's just one of those shows you just grew up watching, and you—you you fell in love with the people that actually worked on the boat. So you had the captain Stu being, you had you know gopher and and everybody that was on the show was your only cast that were solid then everybody else were guest stars that would come on so right okay. it would rotate every week to to different people fantasy island was kind of the same idea as just on an oh, island
1: yeah <laughs> i remember that one that was the um hang on a second that was a guy out of the Rafa Khan, wasn't it yeah yeah Is ricardo right? montalban yeah yeah that was it and then there was a guy out the um guy from the uh, Golden Gun was it? James Bond. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they that's buy. it. Yeah, the they the a gun in a pocket of peanuts. Our original.
0: <laughs> Moving on to CBS at eight o'clock, we had uh, Flo, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show called Alice. It was a famous show. I had Mills Diner in it. Alice worked there, and she worked with Flo, and I think Verna was the other girl's name. Well, right. no, Flo, became, Flo became popular because she had a catch line, which was, kiss my grits. And, <laughs> right. uh, okay. and uh, apparently she moved on as a solo show, and it didn't last very long. But uh, it was just one of those fluke things that happened, and she got a spinoff show. And then off of, off of Flo, we go into Private Benjamin, which is actually a TV series that was based off a movie, which had Goldie Hawn in it.
1: Yeah, I remember that film. Yeah, that's it. I didn't realize it had a TV show. Yeah, they actually turned it into a TV
0: series. It didn't last very long either, but again, that's what was on in 1981.
1: I suppose because it made a film and it was successful, I suppose they thought they'd try and make a bit more money out of a TV show or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, which, you know, you see that happen a bit, you know. But uh, this is when they were really starting to tie into that stuff quite a bit. Because the...
1: um, I thought it was in 1981, but um, it was actually '82. There's a, a show called Tales of the Golden Monkey. Yes, yes, yes. I don't yes. remember that one. Yeah. And I think that was a direct spin-off of Indiana Jones. And when you watch it, you can sort of see, mm-hmm. yeah, that is pretty much the Oh, um,
0: we're going to ta- talk about a lot of spinoffs
1: from from Raiders yeah, Lost yeah, Ark. Yeah. It's I'm sure. like the green light goes up and hey, there's a new movie out. Oh, let's make a film. Let's make a TV show. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> there must have been a lot of that going on at that time. Oh yes. Yeah.
0: So and then on NBC, if we switch over to NBC at eight o'clock at night, we had Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters, which is a musical act. Barbara Mandrell was a big country artist over here, and. Okay. Uh, uh she was a looker you know but super talented i mean could play yeah. just about every instrument you threw in front of her my wife to this day can't stand her because she thought she was like a show off you know watch, uh-huh. me okay. watch, me yeah. yeah. watch me play this watch me play this watch me play this and i kind of get that but she had two other sisters that were both musical as well so they had this variety tv show kind of like Sonny and share all those other shows that came out back in the day but yeah. coming up with barbara mandrell's show you got quincy and, uh oh, I remember that. We yeah.
1: had that over here. Quincy yes, was so a was great it. show. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he was the was it doctor, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah, oh. doctor, and he was always solving oh, all these my- mysteries. So, you know. <laughs> I think he's spending more time solving stuff than <laughs> anything else. <for> exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I don't have time to be a doctor. I'm too busy being a sleuth. <laughs>
1: yeah. know as an actor, I'm sure he did loads of other stuff in the past, but I've only oh, yeah. ever known him for Quincy was yep.
0: he, jack klugman he's th- the, he was in the original uh uh the odd couple
1: right oh right.
0: okay yeah i can see that. well yeah. no no i'm, I'm sorry he was on the tv series of the of the odd couple that's the what odd it was Couple. yeah yeah
1: he was uh yeah he was a, he was a good actor um i God. quite liked him as Quincy. even when i was younger you know he had a lot of um sort of conviction about him yeah when he was talking you know he's like when he, when he spoke, he thought, yeah, I get what this guy's saying, you know. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we had that over there, and I think that was quite big in the U.K. Yeah. I seem to remember that being on TV quite a lot next to um, – it's probably a little bit later in the 80s, but Murder, She Wrote with Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah, yeah, great yeah, show. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, we're going to jump straight out of TV from the little screen and jump on the big screen and talk about the movies that came out this month or in this time period in 1981. RJ, kick us off, man.
1: Okay, so we have a little movie called Escape from New York that came out this year. Have you seen that one, Rick?
0: Uh, never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, many, many times. Many times.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, we Classic. We also had time Bat <laughs> Call me Snake. <laughs> Great movie. And I think... Um, I won't go into that too much. Just go for a needle what well, I'm getting. I think that's probably something that we might cover. Or well, that, probably will cover and that's gonna on.
0: be the problem because we we'll wanna talk about these, but chances are every movie we bring up is gonna be something we'd be like, you know. Well we might cover that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the other films I've got here is it's gonna do that, man. So we're gonna have to go through I will go through it. Yeah. We got the time bandits. Oh yeah. Oh man. We, yeah. You've got to be careful if we start talking about all these other films. <laughs> um Excalibur. Yes, top-notch. Yeah. Scanners. Um, Ooh. A little movie called Clash of the Titans.
0: Yeah, just a little movie,
1: you know. Yeah, just a little movie. Um, heavy load, Mad Max 2. Well, yes. Yeah. What, a mo- what a movie. Um, and Superman 2.
0: Yeah, I Clean mean,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, it, again, it, it's going to be hard not to. <laughs> you just kind of have to pan <laughs> over them, but uh, every one of yeah, those, I, matter. I, or just so so staples of the
1: 80s, man, every one of them. Yeah, I've had to kind of like tip over these movies and go, I'll come back for you later, right?" <laughs> <Like that. laughs>
0: so, so some of the ones that came out this actual month of, of, right. of 81, we got The Howling that came out. Oh, movie, yeah, So the like Joe, that, Joe Dante. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Night Riders, which is George Romero's <laughs> version of Excalibur, I guess you'd say.
1: Uh, yes, I have heard of that, and I believe, hang on, um, who's in that film? The guy from From Dust Till Dawn, the special effects guy. Tom right Savini. Guy, I think of his name. Tom Savini. Tom Savini, I'm sure he's in that film, isn't he? Yeah, he, he? is, he has got something to do with it, isn't yeah. yeah, and you got Ed <laughs> yeah, Harris in there, too. This is early Ed Harris. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah, that's it. Ed Harris is in there. <laughs> uh, you know what, it's, it's almost like a fever dream, that film, is it? I haven't seen it, but I've... <laughs> Oh really? I've looked at but well, no, I haven't seen it. Oh we'll definitely um, cover it on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i will always check that out. <laughs> yeah. It's I think it's right up your alley, uh,
0: to a certain extent. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: I think so. I need to have a look at that. Yeah.
0: What else you got, here We got uh, Nighthawks. You remember Nighthawks? Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Sylvester Stallone, yeah. Ruger Hauer. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um Billy D. Williams, is it? Is Billy D. It? Williams,
0: yeah. I mean yeah, come on. Yeah. What a lineup. Here's one for you. <laughs> Caveman. Go.
1: Remember Caveman with Ringo Starr? Yes, I do actually. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's—I can't believe it was Ringo Starr in that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I What's Ringo? Starr, what, what happened there? <laughs> Good question. Maybe
0: it's something we need to figure out on this show. But yeah, Ringo Starr, I'm Dennis Quaid.
1: Say, it's, it, you, you just wanted to get a time machine and be in that sort of meeting when someone said, "I want to make a film about a caveman." Yeah, well, you got in mind. So I'm, you know, some executive smoking a cigar. Um, yeah, I want to have Ringo Starr on it. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you had Barbara Barbara Bach in it. Barbara Bach. She was in. Was it? Was it this year? Was it The Spy Who Loved Me? She was in James yep. Bond. She? Well, she was yeah, Ringo
0: Starr's. Woman, I think at the time, so she
1: is, and I think that I, I think they're still together. Right? Well, kudo, believe, kudos yeah. the Ringo. Oh, a <laughs>
0: <laughs> couple of more. We got uh, The Hand, remember the it's kind of the remake, I guess you'd say, but The Hand, it's it's uh, well, like the one with Peter Laurie back
1: in the day, the <laughs> hand Horvitz or something like that. That's we talk yeah, but this about is uh, <laughs> we actually
0: have uh, Michael Caine in this one.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So is, is this um I've never seen this one. Is it a horror film? Yeah. I'll yep. take it. Is it yeah it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it gets his hand cut hard, off or
0: and or somebody's hand gets cut off and it comes after him and all that kind of stuff. It didn't okay. do very well, <laughs> you know, but it's Michael Caine so it's worth the price of admission. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Not a lot of people knew that, no? <laughs> And the and the last one I got on here should be no surprise to anybody, but Friday the thirteenth, part two came out this month in nineteen eighty one. Oh yeah, a very unsuccessful
1: series of movies, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it didn't do very well, did it? Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Uh, So you go. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, that's good. (laughs) <laughs> this, yeah, this is the problem. If we start talking about these films, we're we'll going. Like, I've, I've almost shit. We're doing. we of the Lost Ark. <laughs>
0: exactly. I guess what we have to do is every time we get straggling along like this, we get too far, too long-winded. Then David Lee Roth will just have to say, Bob, to get us back on track. <laughs> 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 oh. Speaking of oh, that, God. speaking of Daily Roth, jumping out of movies, we're going to jump into uh, the songs of the times, too, just to just to get your mind set. You got anything yeah. on music-wise, R.J.?
1: Well, you is about this year, Rick. Uh, Steve Perry. Don't Stop stop <laughs> believing. <Journey. laughs> uh, had a reinvention recently um, yeah. with... Uh, a lot of movies use this song. It was because mm-hmm. just going on this, this I I knew this song going way back when no one really listened to it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody was listening to the pop charts, but my dad was into this type, type of music, so I listened to it at home, and I really liked this song. Oh yeah. But you know, when I was telling my friends at school at the time, they're like, "No, we're into the pop, you know, like Duran Duran, all that." Which is fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then all of a sudden, this this song just had a resurgence. All of a sudden, it just yeah. it was in all movies. I thought, "Wow, you know, I, mean, I didn't think anybody, you know, knew about this song." You know, I mean, unless you was into rock and stuff like that. It so.
0: never goes away. Yeah. It's it's just a staple of a. For us, it's a staple of Americana. I mean, like I said, yeah. I'm, I do these shows at high schools where I'm working with seniors in high school, and they all know this song word for word, and it's sure, just amazing yeah, you know. that. This song has that kind of staying power, you know. Oh
1: yeah, man! This is a great song. Yeah. Um, we well, then got Human League. Don't you want me? Yes. Um, Phil Oakey. Yeah, big, big statement in the eighties. I think. Love uh, it. Human League. Yeah. The um, Mode, Just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. enough.
2: enough. enough.
1: Which I think they might have recorded in their garage back in the day. I think they used to do that type of stuff. Classic. So we make a song, just just record it. Yeah, Uh, great song. Uh, We've also got uh, Bucks Fizz. Making your mind up, which I think they won the um, Eurovision Song Contest. Wow! Back in that time, on, on this side of the water, as I was about to say, not a very popular song over here. Oh, okay, yeah, I think it was quite quite big. Um, Over here when I was growing up. Cool. Um, And then the last one, I've got Duran Duran, Girls on Film. Oh, yeah, man.
0: Uh, it, and that's just one of those bands that, uh, to me, it really didn't matter what genre of music you liked. They kind of crossed that border for everybody. I mean, I even knew like metal guys that thought, "Hey, man, you know Duran Duran's pretty cool." You know, yeah. Uh, it, it was such a a new thing of course, you were talking about the new wave movement, and they were kind of, you know, I don't not the pioneers, but they just took it to that next level that really took it over the top and just because they were MTV's,
1: you know, workhorse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, we I we had a magazine um over here called Looking. I huh. don't know if that over hit the States. No. Um, but the, they were all over it, you know, yeah. back in that time. And I just seem to remember when I used to go down the shop, you know, you saw them on the front of the magazine. So right. yeah, it brings back a lot of memories.
0: Yeah. Over here it was a uh, tiger beat was a magazine and then also a magazine just called 16. And uh, right, okay, that's, yeah. that was your, your teeny bopper, you know, young girls, you know, got all the heart throbs on it kind of magazine. So yeah,
1: yeah. that was it. It's a, I think that was probably the same magazine that we had over here uh, and yeah. it had well, it's kind of like what we're doing now, like the TV guide of right. it, right? Mean, but, but for the sort of younger generation, if that makes sense, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what you got then, Rick? What you Over got, here, I mean?
0: uh, top ten songs in the USA this week in 1981. It started off with a really odd one. <laughs> the number ten <laughs> on the list was uh, it's "It's What Kind of Fool," and it's Barbara Streisand and Barry Gibb. Oh
1: yeah. What kind, of kind of a laid-back tune, right? It it up, yeah. Just. Um, unbutton your shirt and <laughs> show off your medallion with your hairy chest sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: number nine was uh, Steve Winwood. Man, when, the, when you see a chance, because you, when you say that to people, they're like, "I don't know that one." Then you play, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know that song."
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, so. yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. So that's a good one. Uh, number eight was Keep On Loving You by REO Speedwagon. You don't really need an introduction to that one. Classic, awesome! Yeah, can't really go wrong with that one, man. Good, good (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Uh, after that, (laughs) it changed gears. What a weird lineup of music! I was looking at this earlier, but uh. The next one was uh, Just the Two of Us by uh, jo- Grover Washington, Jr. <laughs> but, you know, you hear that one a lot and stuff. But, it's, again, it just kind of shows you 80, 80s, 81 was really still kind of a lost time because you still had a lot of the 70s influence
1: on stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that is kind of like a step, it's like a step into the, still in the 70s, isn't it? You can still hear that sort of 70s vibe about it, yeah, absolutely.
0: And coming off the success of the, the jazz singer, you got Neil Diamond at number six with Hello Again, so. Hello again. You know, it's Neil Diamond. What can you say? Just <laughs>
1: right, that's it. That's absolutely. And again, he's stepping from the '70s into the '80s there, that. you can still hear that sort of tone. So, exactly. Great yeah, So that's a great. That's a great mix.
0: And this is one I don't really remember because I, I grew up. Uh, my dad is a huge Roy Orbison fan from back in the day, and Don McLean re-released Crying which is a big you know Roy Orbison song yeah, so I, yeah. I don't remember this being on the charts but it's jo- it's Don McLean which you know sang uh, American Pie bye bye Miss American Pie and all mm-hmm. that stuff I was alright for a while this ironically sounds a lot like I Roy Orbison <laughs> <for laughs> so I don't really know the story on that maybe maybe Don McLean actually wrote that song I don't know
1: yeah, it was a bit like uh, Toby Hooper with Poltergeist, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> was it Spielberg or Toby Hooper? I don't know, maybe you're touching on that. <laughs> that, does, that deserves one of
0: these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, no, number, four, number four, we're starting to get into uh, more of the stuff that I was into at the time. At number four, you got Kiss on My List by Hall & Oates. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Now that's that early '80s sound right there, man. <laughs> it's early '80s, and for me, that is an early um, morning go to work song in my car. That makes yeah. sense. Do you know what I mean, just you know, great you put, song. Sort of tie you sit there and yeah, yeah, just gets it going. But yeah, that's great. All nights love it. Number three on Fantastic. top
0: of that, we got to some sticks with the best of times, man. <laughs> Which you can kinda of say is in the same category there. It's one of those if it came on on the radio on the way home or whatever, or going to work, you're like, Yeah, man, this is a great yeah, song.
1: It is. I and mean, it also sounds like it should be on the end of a movie or something, you know, like the sort of closing credits of some sort I don't know. <laughs> what if there was what if there was a, what there was a movie what
0: <laughs> if what if there was a movie called The Best of Times and that was the theme song at the end? Ah
1: Was that was that it, Rick? Am I getting this wrong? Seriously, have I made my first blunder song?
0: Is that what it is? No. There, there you was go. there was a movie called The Best of Times. Times, I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> Had Robin Williams and. uh it did, did it. I was going to say. Russell. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can see this happening a lot on this show. <laughs> uh,
0: next up, we got uh, John Lennon. Of course, this is 81. So, you know, we're at that point to where. The, the sadness is still kicking in from his death.
1: Yeah, sure, yeah, and, uh, absolutely, so oh, of course.
0: Number two on the charts was Woman, so... Come on, well, man. Yeah, this is John man. Lennon. I mean, wait, wait. give me goosebumps a little bit
1: there. Yeah. God bless John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, he did some great stuff.
0: And, and it's funny because it, as a kid growing up, I was more of a Paul McCartney guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and of course, John was all eat up with all the, you know, the the protesting and all that stuff, you know, which kind of kept me from really being a fan. Cause I was like, dude, just, just sing, you know. But uh, I think the older he got, and I think he was really starting to settle into that. That frame of yeah. mind. I've read where, you know, when he got ready, when he was making his last album, he had heard a crazy little thing called Love by Queen, oh, and it kind of reintroduced, it, it reintroduced him to. The older, you know, fifties and sixties style of songwriting, and it kind of reinvigorated yeah. him to write again, and uh, that's kind of the the avenue he was heading for. And, and unfortunately, it, that's that's where it ended. So,
1: yeah. But, no, uh, so you can hear that in the song, can't you? You can oh, yeah. hear how he's gone into that through that. So, yeah. Um, but Paul McCartney also didn't he have wings? Oh yeah. Around about that time, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. With uh, obviously, "Living that Die," wasn't it? Right.
0: Um, and he was starting which... to break away and start doing the solo thing right around the corner of here. So. Uh, we're getting close to, you know, the Solo Paul stuff.
1: Yeah, because, again, you've got... we well, Actually, we've, we've mentioned all the Beatles here, haven't we? Everybody uh, but George. <laughs> uh, actually, we mentioned George Harrison because the time I... band it's so early because he did the. Um... Oh,
0: there you go. Nice tie-in, ah, RJ. We've
1: got a Beatles connection on our yes. podcast, and we didn't even know about it. <laughs> The only show was <laughs> Beatles connections, folks, in the eighties. <laughs> We uh, all n- live on the yellow submarine. Number one
0: on the charts, man. This is—it uh, it surprised me when I saw it. But when I, after I saw it, I was like, okay, sure, man. I can't think of a bigger song at the time. But that was from Blondie, "Rapture," which you know we're all familiar with. This song is—I mean, because you got this part here—but it really sounds like a disco kind of leftover song, you know, because of the it, beat. And yeah, everything. it does
1: actually. Yeah, kind of the glitter ball was it in the disco right. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it definitely has. Yeah.
0: But the thing about this song, this is why this is such an important song, and and there's history that kind of fights this a little bit, but this is the first song that really entered, and it's in the name, Rapture, Rap. This is the first song oh, that really right. featured rap. In a, in a top ten song. And oh, this is really the starting of rap becoming really popular. Because before that, it was just people on the streets kind of doing it at, at parties and stuff. And yeah. she, you know, uh, Debbie Harry, I guess, saw this and got with some of the people and actually introduced it into the song. And seriously, folks, I mean, you can fight me on this all you want, but the reason that rap became a popular music Forced that it is not that it wasn't going to happen anyways but this song right here is the one that pushed it so yeah but was debbie harry very good at rapping well you make a decision now he's back up
2: space where he have a with the human
0: race hip-hop and don't stop just blast off shoot shot cause the man from all stop eating cars and eating bars and now he only eats guitars Playing with power. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it was even oh. in the name, Rapture. You know, and that's the reason that... Uh,
1: that I became... never knew that before, but that does make sense. So it's, yeah. That's yes. why I, I'm here
0: to educate, RJ. <laughs> well, Rick, I need to educate, man. <laughs> I mean, I just play an idiot on TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So what we're going to do, folks, right now, we're going to take a little short break. When we come back, you're going to hear some promos from some of our favorite shows. You're going to hear some nostalgia from back in the day. Also, you're going to hear the trailer for the incredible 1981 Spielberg production of Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Raiders. We'll be right back, folks. When that sun breaks out,
2: lift up your head and shout, it's going to be
1: a great day. Kellogg's waits for you, that spirit comes shining through, promising you a great day. How
2: could you think of starting this bright new morning without your K-double <basement> L- Kellogg's has been making great days for more people for more years with more cereals than anyone: Corn Flakes, Rice Krispies, Frosted Flakes, Product 19. Trust your mornings to Kellogg's. The very you right Kellogg's way. It's not far away. Kellogg's will help.
0: There's something so delicious about a Mr. Pibb... Start the plane! Some people can't put it down. Jake!
2: Jake!
0: Maybe it's that lively Pibb taste. Start the plane! A taste no other soft drink like it can lick. So try a Pibb for yourself and you'll see why. Hey, boss. I think I should have started the plane. It's got a taste you can't put down. The world has known all kinds of heroes. Now there's... Indiana Jones. He loves danger. Trust me. And no matter what the risk or the sacrifice, he'll stop at nothing to get there first. What's your plan? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go.
2: From the jungles of Peru, to the streets of Cairo, to the greed of the Pharaoh, to the wrath of God, Raiders of the Lost Art. When you realize what the art is It's a transmitter
0: It's a radio for speaking to God Together Whiskey They defy the danger Uh, And share the surprises Let her go of the Lost Ark.
2: Nobody leave this place without singing the blues.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, love it. Welcome back, folks. And here we go. We're going to talk about uh, our, our first feature presentation of '80s greatness, the groundbreaking, trend-setting movie, which is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I guess before we get into this, can
1: you recall the first time you saw
0: this movie, RJ?
1: Yeah, it's. Um, it must have been about '83, '84. Mm. It came out on VHS, and um, like I say, my dad bought it home on V8 um, on a rental. And because he was a TV engineer, he was lucky enough to have a uh, VHS player.
2: Ah.
1: And I watched it at home. I was, um, before I was about six years old and I was glued to the TV and I was just totally blown, blown away by it. Oh, it, yeah. It was amazing. It, and um, I can remember it like it was yesterday. And up till this day, it still stayed with me. You know, it's Indiana Jones, man. It's just... Yeah. He is... but. The, to start with, with everything else we're going to talk about this movie, I think Indiana Jones the thing I like about him, I even picked up as a six-year-old, he's just the everyday guy, right? You know, right? He's he's got uh, money problems, relationship problems, and he doesn't do everything right. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and even at the start of the film, you know, when he's trying to solve sort of right. Neolithic, and he's gone, oh, no, I spelled it wrong. It's just little (laughs) things like that where you kind of go, yeah, and I think that's what makes him as a character. Right. Um, When you're watching you think, yeah, I can relate to this guy.
0: Yeah, I think uh, think that's the magic of it, because in most cases, when you're dealing with Superman or anything like that, you're looking at people that are so above the norm, which is good. It's good to dream big, but the fact that you can say, you know, maybe i could do this you know maybe Mm. i could be one of these people so yeah i mean you can you can see this influence throughout you know uh, even again we bring it up again but big trouble little china the 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 whole idea of why you like jack burton is because he's a doofus you know he's a guy that's he's the everyday guy the underdog that makes things happen you know
1: Absolutely, and I think where this came out in 1981, I think it was like a blueprint for the rest. Of oh, yeah, the rest of the 80s, in my mind, when without you've got a characters doubt. Still yeah. like just say like John McClane. Oh yeah, it, same sort of same sort of characters. You know what I mean, he's right. got relationship problems and things don't always work out for him and stuff like that, and someone you can relate to. And I think that that's why these characters work in the 80s and why we all still love them. If that right. makes sense, you know. It's, but um,
0: Me and my dad uh, took me to go see this in the theater when it came out, and we were just absolutely blown away. I mean, of course, you know, the movie experience was not as humdrum as it is now. I mean, it was was an experience just to get to go to a theater and do something. So to see something with this kind of magnitude on a screen, and you hear it said all the time, it's that Spielberg magic. Oh, yeah. I think if you had to go back and show – and I mean, I'm man. I'm the huge Jaws fan. Jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I think if you had to show Spielberg magic, you almost have to use this movie
1: because it's got it all. Oh, and- absolutely, yeah. And like you say, when you say Spielberg magic, I don't know what Spielberg had in that time, but the films that he's bringing out, you know, like like say with Jaws. Yeah. Um, close encounters. Absolutely. It, 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 it was, They're just amazing. They're just the, the guy can do anything wrong at that time.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was and just
1: really. He still doesn't really. Cranking you know, them out. Amazing.
0: I mean, you start you know talking about E. T. and all these other things that came out. That's a that's for a different show. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. That combination of Spielberg and John Williams doing the music. I mean, mm. you just can't go wrong, man. And. This movie is still so strong,
1: still so much mm. fun. Uh, um, most of the effects still look pretty dang awesome, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what a lot of people mention on Facebook in discussion. It's a lot to do with the practical special effects. Yeah. There's no CGI or anything like that. Not that i am I have a dig at CGI. I won't get into that, but yeah. it does a lot of good stuff today. Yeah. Um, But I think a film like Raiders of the Lost Ark, it it holds a test of time purely because of that. Yeah. It's it's those things that make this film – it's almost ageless. It it doesn't really age if that makes sense. Well,
0: you're taking a subject matter that's from an older time, so it can kind of be ageless, you know, and – Let's just go ahead and say it. You know, this is not an original idea. I mean, this is from stories and stories and serials. (laughs) I mean, you can literally take the old series, you know, that used to come on before movies back in the day and and cherry-pick scenes and kind of throw them all together and you got this movie, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, there is. I mean, when you look at it, Charlton Heston is actually the first Indiana Jones. Because in 1954 brought out a film called Search of the Incas or something. Right. (laughs) Um, and it even sounds like he's got a name called Harry Still, you know? Yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> you know, who else is going to go and find some treasure in South America? Harry Still. Yeah. And <laughs> well, it's, yeah they've got those names, haven't they? You know? <laughs> and,
0: and that's what's cool about it because you can tell that him and, and Lucas both, Spielberg and Lucas both. Took that idea of stuff they grew up and were just totally enthralled with, yeah, and
2: absolutely. made it their own.
0: Star Wars was totally influenced by the dogfights from World War Two, you know. Yes, and yeah. the stormtroopers. So you can see, same thing here. He grew you know. <clears throat> Spielberg grew up loving these old series, these old serials yeah. that came out, and just mishmashed them. It, it's kind of the same thing we can accuse. Uh, Tarantino about, because he basically takes scenes from old Grindhouse movies, throws them together, and calls it a movie. And uh, Absolutely, yeah. This is kind that's of a, the same process, so the formula that's works. That's a very good example. <laughs> the formula works. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, let's jump into this, man. What can you say about the opening scene of this? It's iconic.
1: Well, basically, what you, the way I see the opening is actually you actually get in the final act of another movie before yeah. you've even started the Raiders. Yeah, it, it's it, it, and it's and it works so well because you've you, you, you've gone straight into the pinnacle of what he's trying to find. He's obviously been on an Avenger with loads of other stuff going on before, and then there he is. He's got to where he's got to get to, yeah. and it, and it introduces you the character. You can source. You've got uh, POV camera shots from behind. And and yet, then, the, bang, for the sudden, longest time you, they never show his face you know they're they're no, trying to keep him a, no, a right. mystery and, and uh, i think even at that point you see it's very clever if you, the more times you watch this film you see the right direction by spielberg mm-hmm. so you kind of see in the poor uh is it like a poison dart and just yeah. play with it and just sort of chuck it back down and there's little things like that every time i watch the film i think oh, this, you can sort of see where he's going you know just right. trying to build up this character Yep. Um, and then obviously there's like a double cross exactly. with one of these. He, they don't say who this guy is, and you don't really need to, but he's pulled the gun out on him, hasn't he? But I oh, have always thought he's done it at the wrong time. Indy's putting out the map. Yeah, I am where I am. <laughs> I know, I've got to pull the gun out. Mate, you, you, you've gone too quick here. <laughs> you really need to go in and
0: get the gold first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You want the guy that can kind of lead you through there first, you know. Yeah. 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 When you know that people have died time and time again trying to get in here, let this guy go
1: first, you know. <laughs> yeah, let him go in there and go get the gold. And then when he comes out, take it off him. But, um, but that's, but that's then where you... you've got the great introduction, haven't you? You know, the whip. And exactly. There yep. he is. The, it, it, here's our lead character and it, and it worked so well you know even to this day i still get goosebumps you know it's just oh, yeah. like, oh, wow this is great and
0: you get the guy that runs uh, up to the statue and when he when he pulls the bushes back and he just screams and takes off
1: running you're like <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> that's it he's gone
0: <laughs> and, I, and and again the thing about this is like you said you feel like you've You've just picked up in the middle of a story because yeah. you see Indy bend yeah. over with that bag and he just fills up a bag with sand. You're like, what What the heck is he what's doing he, here? What's he going to do? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's got his sidekick, um, Alfred Molina, who's, I think this is his first role. Um, hmm. But he actually went on to go and do a lot of other stuff and he's had quite a successful career. But um, yeah, so they go into this um, cave and come across a bit of a <laughs> A booby trap. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, is it the light, isn't it? Don't step into the yeah, light. Yeah,
0: don't step in the light, and then it shoots the the, the, dart, the dart out. And... Yeah. I mean, it's... It, oh, it says, it's again, from, yeah, it's got that dude stuck on it, man, or it's, <laughs> it came across and... Yeah.
1: It's, uh, one of the, was it one of his competitors? He says, oh, he's very good. He very, was very, very good. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he don't look too good right now, though, does he? <laughs> but I uh, thought with that bit, I mean, it works fine, but... I sometimes think, what if it was overcast? What if there's no light coming in? Right. <laughs> yeah,
2: would it still work? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> what if I don't into that too much because it's an Indiana Jones film. you kind of go. No, that's fine. That works. <laughs> uh, um,
0: you have to have a pit, you right? you got to have a pit to jump across. So.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've got to have a pit with a branch that doesn't, you know, as soon as you put the whip on it, it kind of comes down a bit and <laughs> almost starts to break. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but when we get to this point, you can hear the music as well, can't yeah. you? It's kind of like the real atmosphere, isn't it? And it kind of really builds up on what's going on. And and I think from this point, from the audience, thinking, "Wow, I'm, I'm like a couple of minutes into this film. It's like this is amazing. Exactly. Is, you know, wow. You know, we haven't even started."
0: Yeah. Um, you get the long corridor at this point, which is, you know, with the, the stepping stones that you're not supposed to step on. Yeah. That, that's where he does the thing where he puts the post down on it and
1: it shoots the dart out. And, oh, uh, yeah, that's great. And a great sound about it. always oh, thought, when you look behind Indy, he's got like a – he's got a gold disc behind him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why well, <laughs> don't you go grab that? What is it he for <laughs> <laughs> Just don't roll. it out. Don't want the kids too much. You I mean, just start rolling don't it what? out. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm pretty sure that gold disc looks uh, a lot bigger than the <laughs> <It's like laughs> uh, But there you see it, man. It's
0: yeah. sitting on the on the the temple stone up there, man. There's there's this gold icon that he's after the gold statue, and yeah. uh, you know you've seen this duplicated in all kinds of stuff. Even UHF, you know, with Weird Al, they do a whole skit where they're making
1: fun of this, you know. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, we we had a, an advert for a cereal called Weetabix, and they're oh, like yeah. Weetabix man, and they redo all of this, you know. And, it, and like I say, it gets redone more often than not on TV. It's a great <laughs> scene. It's an iconic scene. Sure. And then he, like I say, he's got his bag of sand, and this is, I think, this is an iconic ending, isn't it? He kind of just yeah. sort of, sort of, the stubble on his face and yeah. takes a bit of sand out. Yeah, he's yeah, trying to trying go, to boom. guess
0: how much it's going to weigh, you know, and he's <laughs> trying to you yeah. know, he's just grabbing handfuls of sand. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's very accurate. I mean, for a, for somebody that does this for a living, seems like you'd be a bit more specific than just grabbing a <laughs> <Yes>. handful out. <laughs>
1: Bag of sand. Now I'll take a <laughs> bit more out. <around> <laughs> that's about right. That's about right. That's harder to work. <laughs> Again, it's it's great direction from uh, Spielberg here. I think he really has thought about everything here. Do you know what I mean? Directing Harrison Ford, how to sort of stand and pose. And it's it's probably one of my favorite scenes, actually. Sure. Sure in the movie i'll probably i'm probably gonna say it's about 10 times but that's my favorite
0: scene. like i said this is such an iconic opening and and when you think of this movie that's usually the first thing's gonna pop in your head is him him dealing with the statue and and what happens afterwards you know yeah so uh yeah throwing throwing the bag of sand up there switching it out real fast hoping it doesn't trigger anything Thinks he's scot free? Yep, my my accurately measured bag of sand is weighs exactly what the statue weighed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all working out just fine.
0: <laughs> and then you see the, the 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 monument start dropping, and then you start oh, having yeah. like the earthquake, and it's a it's a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of
1: here. Right. <laughs> Dogs and, go flying everywhere. Yeah, he's not even and worried about it, the stepping stones at this point. He's just, he's just going. <laughs> oh yeah, and then you know, because all this is going wrong, and of course he's got his he's got his right hand man there to help him out, isn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True blue yeah, friend, right here. Thanks, buddy. No, you throw me the other one. Oh, right. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Right. Yeah, they get it. They get at the pit, and he swings
0: across and he's like, Hey, throw me the whip. He's like, throw me the statue, and I'll throw you the whip. It's like, Oh. (laughs) Great.
2: That's a good deal <laughs> Yeah
0: And then when he does Throw him the statue He just drops the whip Says See you later sucker <laughs> yeah, so,
1: yeah. It's almost like Indy was going to go Yeah I knew you Was going to say that Yeah <laughs> But this is where You sort of You see Indy He jumps across Doesn't he He can't get over and this, this for me is the first time you see Indy actually. He has a smile on his face and he's almost laughing. And you go, "This, this is like he's gone. This situation's gone so bad." I am laughing because he's, he's, he's pulling the vine and it's like, "Yeah, this will work." And it's like, "Nope, it's <laughs> all sort of pulling it out."
0: Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, what's that vine even connected to? I mean, it's because it's in the ground and he's pulling it. He's pulling up out of the ground, but it just keeps going. It's like that never-ending handkerchief that the magician
1: pulls out. You know, It's me back George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <It's> like, <weird. laughs> just hiding behind the wall or some by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Great. And um then you've got the iconic scene of him going through the door that's sort of coming yeah. down and then yeah. the boulder. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, just and
0: be- well, before he gets to the boulder, though, you-, you got his buddy that, you know, took off with a statue. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. He's dead. Yeah, you get the iconic, super smooth, super contoured round rock. <laughs> it's been propped up <laughs> yeah, for ages. <laughs> I mean, as round as a bowling ball. It don't even have no, no edges to it or nothing. Perfect. <laughs> so you wonder about the people that, uh, that whatever this tribe was, you know, uh, they must have been like... Bowling ball makers because they did a really good job on his rock.
1: They did a fantastic <laughs> job of that, didn't they? <laughs> so, uh, oh dear, the uh is it the Hofito tribe or something, isn't it? I mean, right. Calls them. Yeah. But yeah, but, so he comes out covered in cobwebs. Yeah. And then just to top all that off, he's got his uh he's got his uh competitor outside so waiting for him. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Bellick is standing there. And he's yeah. sur- 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 you know, surrounded by this tribe. They've all got their spears out, so forces him to hand the statue over. And apparently you can tell that even in the past, this has been going on for a while. So it's like every time Indy finds something, this guy's there with his hand out going, hand it over. Thanks for thanks for being my, my worker for me and uh, – you know, I'll, I'll take that yeah. and be on my way.
1: That's it. These these two have definitely got some history behind them, haven't they? And I think this has probably happened before in the past. Yeah. What's now once once was yours, Dr. Jones is now mine. Right. He's like, oh, right. damn. He's never, done it again.
0: Never, tr- <laughs> never trust French archaeologists because they'll just use you. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and from here yeah, we but, get the tribe chasing Indy away. He runs to the plane, his buddy's sitting there, Jock's standing there, fishing. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's been there for like 10 hours, he hasn't had a bite. All of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> Indy comes running over. Jock, start the engine. Yeah, start the, <laughs> the plane! <laughs>
2: start if the
1: plane! Start the engine! Little... <laughs> you yeah, mate, but the thing is though, he's like, He's looking, he's like, Indy's running, there's a Hevito try behind him, flying darts, and chunks has got that little bit of, oh, damn. Where do you want to catch that fish. Right.
0: <laughs> so he chunks, chunks the, the rod and reel, jumps up in the plane, starts her yeah. up, and Indy grabs a vine and swings out, <laughs> not very far Another out vine. in the water. It's like, wow, that was a, you could have just probably jumped off the ledge and got further out than you did on well, that
1: vine. You yeah, <laughs> might as well just not bother with that vine. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Makes it to the plane. The plane takes off, and we get that opening scene we heard when we when we first started. Where he gets in the plane. Yeah, yeah. There's a big python in the seat. It crawls up between his legs, and uh, says, "Hi, how are you?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's a big snake in the plane, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Show a little backbone, will you? <laughs> so, oh, I'm gonna, and again, it's just that whole scene. Just it's it's so nonstop. And it's just like, but still, Indy is still the real guy. And you can sort of show yep. that he's he's scared of something. But he's been through all that, but he's gone, oh, there's a snake. Oh, no. You... And he's the last person in the world you think he'd be scared of a snake. After going exactly. All that. It's just, yeah. It just works. It works great. And, and, and the a... other thing is, he's a cool character. I oh, thought yeah. You only see him for like... Probably about two or three minutes. But you sort of think, Oh, what's this guy all about? Yeah. You
0: know, he, he acts like he does this all pie. the time,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. you know, he's probably just hiding for a couple of bucks, you know, when he <laughs> arrived in Peru. Hey, can you fly me out? Yeah, sure, sure. no problem, you know. <laughs> so, I've done this I do this all the time. He he probably could have gone in there for Indy and gone and got that sort of gold idol for him. (laughs) Right, exactly. He knew exactly where it was. You should have asked me, man. I could have done (laughs) that.
0: And then it cuts to kind of what you were talking about earlier about him being the everyday man. So not only is he this adventurous guy, but he's also a teacher. So he's up there at the class, he's talking about these things and. You can't you can't talk about this scene and not talk about the girl that has I love you written on her eyelids. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, that's it. I mean, and Indy's kind of trying to explain this now. he's going. Uh, uh, <laughs> did that say
2: what I think it's it good. said? Yeah, I guess it did.
1: <laughs> oh. oh, it's great. But what I like about this scene is you've seen him in action, and now you see him. Isn't it tweeted jacket? I think he's he's got mm-hmm. a tie on. And he's got glasses on. And, it, yeah. and for me, it's almost like the sort of Clark Kent mm-hmm. Superman thing. Am I yeah. allowed to say that to you, Rick? Absolutely. Is that sort of going? Yeah. yeah. So I know you're a big Superman fan, but I think you've got a similar sort of thing here. You know, he's absolutely. As soon as he puts that leather jacket on. It's almost like he's, well, get into action. Yeah. Put the tweed jacket on. He's a school teacher, you know. He's, he yeah, just I works mean, really I, well.
0: I, and I like that aspect of it because, you know, you can only be that person for so long, you know, you've got to have a normal life at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So yeah.
0: So at this point you kind of get the scene where class is over, kids are leaving and, uh, he gets a request to come talk to some guys from the army and he's thinking, Oh no, what have I done wrong? Am I in trouble yeah, about yeah, yeah. something? <laughs> and, uh, and these guys sit and talk with him. And one thing I want to point out right here, I've got, to. Uh, I've got a sound bite, and when they sit down, it kind of explains why they're meeting, which it kind of ties into the name of the movie, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they sit down, and we kind of hear this going on.
2: The afternoon, our European sections intercepted a, a German communique that was sent from Cairo to Berlin. You see, chi- over the last two now, years, the Nazis have had teams of archaeologists running around the world looking for all kinds of religious artifacts. Hitler's a nut on the subject. He's crazy. He's obsessed with the occult. And right now, apparently, there's some kind of German archaeological dig going on in the desert outside of Cairo. Now, we've got some information here, but we can't make anything out of it, and maybe you can. Tannis Development Proceeding. Acquire Headpiece Staff of Ra, Abner Ravenwood, U.S. Nazis have discovered Tanis. Tannis. What does that mean to you, uh, Tannis? Well, well the city of Tanis is one of the possible resting places of the Lost Ark. The Lost Ark? Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant, the chest the Hebrews used to carry around the Ten Commandments.
0: What do you, what do you Ten mean, Commandments? The, You're talking about the Ten Commandments? Yes, the actual Ten Commandments. So there you go. One thing I want to talk about is one of the guys that's doing the talking here <laughs> is a guy by the name of
1: William Hootkins. Are you familiar with William Hoopkins? Yep. Hey, is this the guy who was in Star Wars? <laughs> Perfect. He, is, he, he played Porkins, was it Red Six exactly. or something like that? Is yes. that? the one? yeah. yeah. Not, I only, know
0: the, not yeah. only that,
1: but he was in, Flash. I know, I I he was know in the Flash Gordon yeah. movie.
0: Yeah. He was in a little movie you're familiar with, Biggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in the... <laughs> Tuck or something like that, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it. He's also in uh, a couple of the Pink Panther movies, where he's like yeah. the cab driver. He's also in the the uh, the Batman movie from the '80s. So this guy is like, <laughs> he's right he up our alley, man.
1: He's he's, he's borderline Dick Miller, isn't he? he, he he's, like, he's like the guy that turns up, and you go. I, I recognize him from somewhere. and he's, he's actually been in a lot of films, like you say. It's, yeah. It's, just, but he's, a, he's a good He's a good character actor, though, isn't he? Yes. I think he's great in this, especially where he's trying to explain what, basically, they're just giving you the plot of the movie, and they, boom, there you go. And it's done really well. I yep. think it's a really good piece of the film.
0: Moving on from that, you know, Indy try to describe what's going on, what it entails, the importance of it. And later on that night, he's at his place. His buddy comes, knocks on the door, and and he finds out that Indy got the job. So now he's ready to go on this adventure to try to find the Ark of the Covenant. And I love all the conversations about, you know, the stuff that Indy's already brought home. It's never about how much money he makes. It's always about, uh, you know...
1: Got to take it to a museum. Got to give it to it's, a museum. All, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, they were going to give you fifty thousand bucks for this. No, so I'm not interested. Just put it in a museum. Just put it in a museum. museum. Right. <laughs> put it in a museum. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wow, like... that's pretty wild."
0: That his main goal is just make sure this stuff gets in the museum. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's like nothing you've been going for before. So, it. so, like...
0: <laughs> so, Indy hops a plane, and we do the classic old movie. You know, scene where it shows the plane flying, but you also get the map and you get the red line that goes. Yeah, and you know, that's that's been in so many things, and you know, uh, just another iconic thing. But we're going to uh, we're going to Nepal first.
1: Um, yeah, where we meet Marion Ravenwood, yeah. and she's um, spending all the profits I think, and she's drinking people under the table. Uh, yeah,
0: man, this drinking game, and she's a uh, she's got it going on, man. She's she's knowing how to make some money right here. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> but as I'm you notice on this scene, no one's actually spending any money in that bar. They're just watching her yeah, <laughs> yeah. drink, drink, drinking yeah. whiskey, putting people under the table. Yeah,
0: yeah so you <laughs> get a little betting ring going on here. And then, yeah, you it. know, dude just takes the last drink and smiles and just <laughs> falls off <laughs> his chair while still smiling.
1: <laughs> and that's it, right. He's gone under the table. Everybody going. <laughs> <laughs> yep. End of the night That's how you Wait, end the night the shop. That's it. <laughs> oh, <there you>
0: <laughs> And from there She's closing oh. shop People are leaving And she sees we, we see the big silhouette Behind her of this You know Hatted ah. character That comes up And you hear him say Well We'll just let him do it himself But he says Hello Marion And then we get This scene
2: Indiana Jones always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. So what are you doing here in Nepal? I need one of the pieces your father collected.
0: I learned to hate you in the last ten years. Is <laughs> 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 my mom? <laughs> I never meant to hurt you. So, yeah, so they got a past, right? You know, <laughs> we find out that earlier on that there was a break between uh, Abner and, and, and uh, Indiana. And you never get a reason why till now. <laughs> no, that's it.
1: Yeah, And I think you see Abner later on in the series. I'm pretty sure it's in um, The Last Crusade at the beginning. I right. think that might be Abner right now, But yeah, yeah that's so, uh, got to be a past history. And yeah, it um, hasn't gone down too well with Marion, has it?
0: So that, that's their uh, <laughs> saying hellos again to each other. She just punches him right in the face in the middle of the conversation. And uh, of course, he's there to find an artifact that uh, that his past mentor kind of had, and he's asking Marion about it, and it's it's the headpiece that goes on the staff. So, in other stuff words, of Ra, yeah. the staff of Ra to to find the right location of where the Ark is being buried back in the day. So, we're going through that whole process of trying to find it, and she's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, and he's like, he starts describing it, and he offers her, like, $3,000 to cough it up, and, uh, she's like, yeah, whatever, come back tomorrow. And, uh, when he leaves, then you see her. She reaches down and she's wearing it around her neck, as like a necklace. So she's holding on to this thing. So she knows it's something too, just not exactly sure what it is. Yeah, and, she's
1: working on something, isn't she? Right. Yeah.
0: So, and this is one of those things too. It's like, well, why would she do that? But she takes it off, lays it on the like on a table stand there, where it hangs off this little piece of a dead tree or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When well, I watch that, I mean. What is that? <laughs> is that just a common so, Nepal, you know, thing you have on a table? I don't really know. It's like a Nepalese bonsai tree without leaves <laughs> on it. <or> <laughs> but it's obviously there to hold it up so you can actually see what it is. Yeah. during this time, uh, you know, the the good old Germans show up. So, you know, we're finding out, uh, you know, we're, we're fighting the Germans here to, to find all these artifacts.
1: Uh, and what a creepy German guy this is as yeah. well. And he? he fits the role just fine, doesn't he? This, Major tote, um,
0: man. He's he's a tope.
1: scary dude, uh, man. Yeah, scary. He just fits the part. And I think, um, was it King, Kinski was going to do the role? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Man, yeah. Would... Ooh, yeah, Spielberg would... actually went to him and said, I want, want you to do this role perfectly for the role, but um, he, he didn't like Spielberg. Apparently. Wow. He would have took that to a whole different <laughs> Something level. <like> that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. But, uh, no, Ronald Lacey did it, and he did a really good job, and he was in um, uh, Red Sonja. Yes. Um, a couple years later. I mean, yeah. he, he played a creepy <laughs> dude in that. I think that's it. That was his career. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Resume. <laughs> creepy dude. Yeah, <laughs> I played play, play, yeah, play this, it, creepy, yeah, dude, play this go, creepy dude. Play this creepy dude.
1: Go go. Yeah, but oh. he does a great job. Marion's fires dying isn't it obviously you know it's not like burning like a nuclear explosion is it your, your,
0: your fire's dying here yeah so we get to oh god,
1: yeah, like
0: <laughs> so... but yeah he uh, he brings in a bunch of henchmen that are all just uh about as ugly a group of guys you're ever gonna see them. oh god yeah yeah where do they turn up from rough looking bunch but uh so they grab a hold of mary and a hold holder still and uh tote grabs a uh a hot poker and uh comes up to her and gonna basically either burn her face or burn her eye we don't know where this poker is gonna go just yet but uh just like what you would expect in these kind of old series right when he gets it close to her face and i'll you hear the whip when it pulls it indy's come in to save the day and he flicks the poker across the room and it happens to set some curtains on fire
1: But it's made out of stone, this place, but it just goes to where there's a little bit of copper <laughs> fire. far. It just happens to go. Yeah. go anywhere else, but like somewhere where it's going to ignite.
0: <laughs> it, nobody really reacts to this either like, hey, maybe I ought to kick that over out of the way or something. No, just uh, let it burn it up. So, But this sets up a great action scene where the henchmen and the German are all fighting and trying to kill Indy, and you get a bunch of action sequences here. There's one in particular that I like where... They they've set, you know, the the whiskey across the bar and it's on you know, they they set it on fire and it's burning across and they got Indy yeah. laying down yeah. across the bar, holding him there, hoping that it's gonna burn him up. And he, it's great. Whiskey. Whiskey well, that's for a whiskey. Kind of
1: like, yeah, she gives him
0: a brilliant. bottle of whiskey and he cracks it over the dude's head that's holding yeah. him and gets up just in the nick of
1: time, right? Oh, that's great. It's yeah. a great scene. Right. And, and it, then there's a there's a full on big bad guy that comes out from nowhere, isn't he? Just Yeah. And that is um that's the actor, Pat Roach. He's an huh. English actor. Yeah. Um, and he's actually, a little bit later on in the film, he's the um, pilot that has a punch-up with Okay, B&D. yep. Yep, big guy. Which we'll go to later, but yeah. <laughs> big guy,
0: yeah. So, so coming out of this, then you see Tote looking down, and he actually sees what he's been looking for, you know, the reason that he came there in the first place. <laughs> and he reaches down to grab it, and, you know, like any normal person would do. And this is something I noticed too, because... He has these leather gloves on when he first comes in there, and he takes he yes. takes them off to handle the poker. If he would have just left those gloves on, he might have been all yes. right. But uh, he grabs he grabs the the medallion or the headpiece, whatever you want to call it, and when he does it, just singes his hand. You can, hear sh- oh, you, and he you can feel that burning. He's screaming his like hand, a man. banshee, yeah. man. <laughs> So he lets go of it and takes off running outside and dips his hands in the snow, just trying to cool it down. So he had it in his clutches, but uh, the clutch was just too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, oh, man. And then, ironically, not even ten seconds later, we're standing outside with Indy and, and Marion, which the building is burning down. and But she's holding it in her hand, like. Yeah, it's not hot.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I thought. When she picks it up, she's got like a paper thin rag, which I think, man, that's gonna burn your hand as well, isn't it? She right. realizes like I'm your goddamn partner. <laughs> okay. All right. But, then, <laughs> but there's uh... one other thing I was gonna mention here, Rick, right? Yeah. Is when Indiana Jones turns up, everybody's got like jumpers and scarves, but now indies, he's just got his leather jacket on. It's almost like it's, yeah. it, you can wear it in the snow or you can wear it in the heat it doesn't matter you know <laughs> he don't need
0: all You don't need all that stuff
1: keep you warm. right
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. no, that's great so now Fantastic. we're jumping to, together we get now we got partner and Marion and, and India are jumping on a plane we're going to Cairo
1: so we're going yeah, to the, the motherland on,
0: on. where all this is happening and we get to meet Sala John Reese Davies
1: yeah another great actor another Mad. great character actor in tons yeah. of stuff
0: some stuff we'll talk about later on <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we might have, we might have a chat about that later, Rick. Yeah,
0: right, we'll get yeah. on to that. <laughs> and uh, so they're visiting his place, and of course, all of his family's there. And then there's this this monkey that's there, and it really attaches to Marion. And uh, she's like, oh, "You don't have to keep this here because of me, but because it's so attached to her." They said, "No, the monkey can stay." But we kind of <laughs> get some background on Sala, and and he's one of the best, you know, excavators best around, in right. or Yeah. So a friend of Indy's. And uh, so we just get another introduction to another partner here because we're going to need them later on. Hint, hint. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then we cut to a shopping scene where, you know, Indy and Marion's just out walking around, checking out Cairo. She's got the monkey with her. And uh, lo and behold, the monkey is a spy. That's right, folks. You heard me say it right here. The monkey is a spy. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it belongs to this eye patch dude, who obviously is from the the, the country that they're in. But uh, some Germans come up to him and you hear him say "How Hitler." So, you know, obviously he's tied he's into this. Bad, he's
1: got to be a bad guy because he's got to, an eye patch on. That's
0: right. <laughs> it's a recommendation. You have to have it. Yeah. Um, and then then it cuts to uh, you know we're doing some shopping and we see these guys up in a room and it's like. I don't know, a guy wearing a Don Johnson suit. <laughs> and he's got like all these guys that look like the Foot Clan from the Ninja Turtles. I mean, they're all got these black turbans on. And they go down and attack Indy. And obviously, this is amateur hour because these guys are not very good at what they're getting paid to do here.
1: <laughs> well, what I like about, yeah, I mean, what I like about this scene is like as soon as it kicks into action, it's like the whole crowd of Cairo turns into an arena. Right. everybody's kind of like yeah, standing on the side yeah. of the road, and like putting bets in and they're shaking their hands and all going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not the fact these guys are running about killing each other. It's like, yeah, okay, here we go. We've got, we, we got a show on this. Self, some, this is great. Some it's a free action. Like, I don't have to pay yes. for it. <laughs> it's
0: like brilliant. Fantastic. But during all, all this, a fa-
1: it's fantastic. So.
0: And coming out of this, you get Marion that's uh that he puts her on a wagon and the horse takes off the wagon. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just getting separation here. That's kind of what's going on. The whole point is to get them separated. You got Indy still fighting and then, uh, Marion falls out in the street and fights a dude with a frying pan.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what else have you got? No, she gives this bloke a tap on the end of a frying pan That's it. He's out for the count. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she she sees him in the street. She grabs the pad. He pulls out a knife. She takes off running and goes in this building. He runs in and you hear a dong. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: it. That guy's out for the count. He's out. She, <laughs> she cleaned his clock,
0: and uh then she tries to hide in a basket. And dad burn. You, know, you see the bad guys running by, and the monkey's with the bad guys, and wait a minute, he goes, hey, she's over there. So he, the monkey starts giving her away over there in the basket.
1: Yeah, and uh, double cross. Yeah, stupid monkey. Fights <laughs> that monkey. Gives yeah. a little hand gesture, doesn't he? Yeah, I agree. Oh, cheers. Thanks, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they've got her now, and she's in this basket. But this cuts away to one of the most infamous scenes of this movie, where Indy's looking for her. And the street just kind of clears out and like an alleyway
1: <laughs> or an alleyway. And there's that's this... it, like you say, it's the arena, and everybody just <laughs> seems to know what they're going to do with <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's it. Dumb. <laughs> and you get the great big guy
0: down there with the sword. I mean, he's like Goliath, great big guy. And he's swinging the sword around. And Indies just don't have time for this crap. So he just pulls out his gun <laughs> and shoots the dude. And everybody's
1: like, <laughs> <"Nay!"> <laughs> And that is such an iconic film, isn't? Um, oh, iconic scene in India, isn't it? It's just great. absolutely. Oh man! Because yeah. I think did he, um, didn't Harrison Ford add that or something? Didn't he? Because he was so. suffering with some dysentery or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic.
0: And at this point, now you got indie basket chasing, right? So, you get he walks in this place and he hears her. She's and he sees where she's going. She's in this basket. These guys are carrying her. But then he turns a corner and he's he. <laughs> he turns out in this area where there's like 60 people carrying these baskets around. <laughs> so he just starts knocking everybody's baskets down, trying to find her. And, uh, you know, it's pretty comical. Cause it was like, Hey, I just, that's my laundry. <laughs> 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 and the, you know, the people are all looking at each other like, Hey, what's going on? I mean, he knocked my basket down too. And, uh, so you get this whole, you know, trying to find her stuff. And, um, You end up seeing the basket getting carried and thrown on the back of this truck, which is full of explosives, ironically.
1: Just like you do, you know. Yeah. So Indy
0: (laughs) jumps around the corner chasing after and he's met with a couple of guys with some machine guns, so he has to hide back. All these bad guys get up in the truck, and they're taking off, and Indy jumps out and shoots the guys that are driving the truck, and the truck crashes. And you get this huge explosion. So now Indy's thinking, oh, no. Marion's dead, right? Because she was in the baskets in the back of the truck. Boom, kablooey. And poor Andy's now sitting and drinking with the monkey. He's, having, he's remorseful. <laughs> he still doesn't know that the monkey's a spy. He just... He's, I was just...
1: Say, he's got some great friends, is not he, Indiana Jones?
0: Right. <laughs> so let's just say that he's feeling remorseful and he's playing with Marion's monkey. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> but... The- You know what, Rick? The bit I like is when he goes to see, is it the next scene when he sees Sulla? Yes. And Sulla's like, uh, and then he just, Indy goes, Oh, Marion's dead. And he goes, Yes, I know, Indy. The life
0: goes on. Wait a minute, how did you know? (laughs) How'd the news get around that fast? (laughs) Uh, It's like, okay, fine. (laughs) But yeah, so during this time, some guys come up and say, Hey, somebody's wanting to talk to you. And guess who it is? It's Bullock. That's right. Yeah, Bullock's in there. And in this bar, he's smoking a hookah, <laughs> <laughs> chilling out. And I love this scene because you get more of the breakdown of these characters and how much they really kind of resent each other. And, uh, Indy kind of loses it here, man. And pulls out his gun and says, you want to meet God? Let's go right now. I've got nothing better to do. It's a great yeah, it's
1: scene. tipping point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's, um, Almost this scene, it's like Belloc is Indiana Jones, right? But he's like the he's like the opposite of him if that makes sense. You yeah, know, he's like Indy just wants to put it in a museum, right? And help the government out, and then Belloc's like, "No, I'm in this for myself," you know. So it's kind of like good versus evil, isn't it? a little bit. Exactly. These but yeah, that's no, a great scene. Real and then scene. he pulls but, out yeah.
0: the gun, and all of Belloc's men react, and then these. Bunch of kids just come out of nowhere. I'm guessing I don't know if these are (laughs) Silas' kids or what, but they all come in, grab him, and save him and get him out of there. Then it cuts back to Silas' place, and you get a scene where the eye patch dude is sneaking in, and you see him pour some poison on some dates. You know, so we've made this whole thing about eating dates because that's been going on through this whole scene here. And uh, during this time, we got a dude looks like Jethro Tull. Who's sitting down and Get he's tra- What's
1: your <laughs>
0: <laughs> And he's translating The That's writings right. On the headpiece Right So he's trying to You know we've, we've got the piece here And we're finding out That the Germans have A version of this But it's only got Translations on one side So uh, Dude's translating What's going on And we've got a little Sound bite of that Which kind of goes Like this right here
2: <laughs> You said their headpiece Only had markings On one side Are you absolutely sure Belloc's staff is too long. They're They're digging digging in the the wrong wrong place. place. (laughs) (laughs) I am the monarch
0: of the sea. I am the ruler of the... (laughs) (laughs) So so we're finding out on the opposite side of of this piece that it gives you more instructions of what to do to the staff. So, you know, they created this staff, made it too long, and they go into the, the map room. And it gave them the wrong location because the staff's too long. So they're celebrating because now they know that they've got the, the true dimensions that it needs to be. Yeah. And I I love this sneaking into the, the map room because you just nonchalantly stand there with a big, long rope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And just toss it in there. And your buddy holds on to it while you climb down in
1: it. <laughs> and, yeah, there's like a... A mammoth of people working out with German soldiers. <laughs> and no one's going to see that, are they? Really? No, nobody's excited. paying attention. <laughs> no one's looking at that. Uh, it's only a vital area of the map room, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's
0: and, great. And, and I've got it spelled out. It says Spielberg magic right here. When we're down in the map room, this is what makes Spielberg so great because you are so into what's happening right here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: You see him on the peg, the pegboard trying to find the translation of where exactly to put the staff and placing the staff in there. And you've got, you know, Salah outside and he's looking around and trying to, you know, keep a watch on things. And when you finally do get the staff right and the sun comes in the right location and that burst of light that comes through there, it's
1: just it's incredible filmmaking right here. Yeah, it's almost like another point to the film from the beginning, if that makes sense. You know, when he's got yep. the golden idol and he's yep. doing all the sort of face gestures. He's doing the same here, isn't he? He's trying to yep. sort of yeah. get the staff in. And it, oh, it's a, yeah, like I say, it's a great scene. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So he finds the, the right location and uh, Sola gets chased away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Germans <laughs> seem just holding this rope, so he gets chased away. They pull up the rope. And then uh, he shows back up later on and he's tied all these cloths together. I don't know if they're shirts or what, but it has got a German flag on the end of it. Throws it off in there.
1: He's <laughs> almost always full. you know, I'm going to tie the German flag right on the end. Why not?
0: <laughs> yeah, that works. And again, that's just Spielberg, man, making this thing work. Yes, it's it, fantastic. It's right. But uh, Indy gets back out and they've got a game plan. And I love the fact that they walk by this. Uh, uh, almost like uh, the Germans are eating lunch, like a chow line or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And they're looking at them like they're waiters on them, right? You know, they're supposed to bring me more drink or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be right back. <laughs> I'll go get you some dates, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, uh we didn't even talk about that. I'm sorry I skipped it, about the dates, about the, the, the boys and dates. But anyways.
1: Oh, no, no, last no, one. But I think we've made it clear that everybody is eating dates and virals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we, now we get
0: Indy, and he's got a little – view master up here <laughs> he's looking around trying to find the the exact location you can kind of see it scans across you can see where the germans are digging and it is kind of a way off of of where the actual place is but the thing is is what surprises me is it's not that far off i mean are they not going to notice somebody over here digging another location when you literally can throw a rock over to where it's at <laughs> I've, I've
1: always thought that. I thought he's, he's in plain sight of the, uh, of the dig. You know, it's like, oh, no, there's just a guy in a fedora. He looks like Indiana Jones up there just digging. There. <laughs> but we ain't get, we're we not going to go up there and have a look now. Nobody, right. yeah, Nobody's going to catch on to this.
0: But literally, I mean, you know, you could yell at each other from one dig site to the other and be like, hey, we're digging over here. <laughs> so uh, it was a little bit odd. But anyways, it doesn't matter.
1: They uh, find the right
0: location, and then Indy, out of luck, happens to find Marion in a tent. So he finds out she's not dead, and he's gonna save her. But then he realizes, wait a minute, if we do, if I do untie her, then they're gonna know something's up. They're gonna start, you know, combing the desert looking for us. And uh, so it's a it seems kind of like he's doing the wrong thing but it's really a smart thing that he does to leave her there yeah
1: he, he thinks it's gonna blow the whole thing then he so he just right puts the gag back in her mouth and says that's okay i'll come back for you later <laughs> of course she's not happy about it we can just say that but
0: but uh yeah so uh at this point india's group start to dig and you get the the storm going on and uh all this, again, it's all just Spielberg magic. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because it's almost like
1: the heavens know that they're going for something, isn't it? because you've got exactly. of, the lightning and the clouds coming. It's a little bit like um, the Ten Commandments, isn't it? With exactly. Like Chuck, you might suspect Chuck Heston to turn up with some stars. <laughs> you're, you're messing with something so, you're not supposed to be messing with. Exactly, yeah, that's it. So, so it's a great scene, very right. atmospheric scene. It's, and then they
0: finally find this... this, this concrete stone slab that they finally find and they they dig out around the edges they get the crowbars they pry it up and pull it back and it's a it's definitely a tomb and uh they start looking down in there and we kind of we kind of get this a little sound bite right here
2: why does the floor move give me your torch it'd have to be snakes <laughs>
1: I like I like this <laughs> very dangerous you ain't kidding me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like when he says uh, very dangerous you go first, <laughs> you go first.
1: <laughs> thank oh. you so much for that song. <laughs> At this oh, point, we kind of no. cut
0: away to the Germans having a conversation about uh, Billick needs to try to woo Marion here and get the information out of her because we're still missing some crucial information. um uh, Wow, this is going on. This is where Indy decides he's going to cl- climb down in there. So he's taking some torches, throwing them down, kind of made a little clearing, which I still don't understand how that would really work. But anyways, I'm going to drop these it's perfectly. <laughs> I'm going to drop these perfectly in some sort of shape, and it's going to keep the snakes from being in that circle of some sort. So you'd have to drop a yeah.
1: lot of torches for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, and they just all fall right in the right place, don't they? Like a circle, right. and it just all yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then he uh slides down and gets to the floor and comes face to face with the cobra that pops up in front of him, and again you get this long stare of course he absolutely hates snakes, so the, you know the 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 flash forward that we got from the beginning of the movie all ties into this right here; he absolutely hates snakes, this is his worst nightmare, basically. Yeah, for someone who doesn't like snakes,
1: he must be sweating his pants off right now. I mean, exactly. there's a lot of snakes, and it's not just one or two. <laughs> right. So uh, unbelievable. Then the uh, Salafat
0: f- comes behind, comes down there, and they fight their way through, and they actually find where the ark is. So you know they were they were right on their dig, and of course it's you know incredible looking you know you you see just the gold of it and they it's impressive what they did with the arc i think it looks amazing
1: oh yes yeah. so it is an amazing scene when that comes out and this the thing with this scene i think is the music as well it's a yeah. real like i say again it's a, a john williams moment isn't it, it really gets you Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's so, almost like a cre- it's almost a bit creepy as well, isn't it? Do you know, how you well, feel yeah. like well, you're dealing uh, with the ark this... is a character or something, isn't exactly. it? Exactly.
0: Well, that's the, the the force of God, you know, that you're dealing yeah. with here, and so you're dealing with stuff that's you know the the whole supernatural thing you should be messing with. It's just like the thunder and lightning outside when they were, you know, finding the dig and stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah,
1: it's a very clever scene because I, I don't actually think I've ever seen this in another movie where the actual <laughs> object. Well, it's just it is a box. It's a beautiful-looking box of right. angels on the top. But it just feels really, you know, menacing in a way. And I think that's right. why it this sells it to the audience. You know what I mean, for what Indiana Jones is going for, yeah, it works right. great. So Fantastic.
0: while this is going on, you cut back to the German camp, and you got Bellick in here with with Marion, and he he whips out the dress. I'd like to see you in this dress. So he's trying to wear <laughs> yes. I'm like, wow, okay, that's kind of a weird request for being out in the middle of the <laughs> yes. desert. But, uh, give her the dress, she puts it on, and then we start the drinking game again, which we already
1: know who's the winner of this thing, because she's... Yeah, I think he thinks he might get his wicked way with her, but it's, uh, yeah. I think she's going to drink him under the table.
0: (laughs) And during all this process, during the drinking game, we get some laughing stuff going on, and, uh, then out of nowhere, when she's... She pulls a knife out that she found on the table earlier from eating, and, uh... Just gonna try to make an escape, but uh, there's somebody there waiting for her, man. We we get reintroduced to Major Toad again. And uh, he's in there to interrogate her, of course. And <laughs> this is another scene I remember as a kid that just everybody that's freaked everybody out is when Toad comes in and he pulls out <laughs> yeah. pulls out that weapon, right? <laughs> And he's folding and stuff and the expressions on, on Marion's face and Billick's face, too, of like, what's going on? What is this? What's he going to do with that? And it ends up being a coat hanger, you know. <laughs> yeah. So classic, man. Retails
1: about $29.99 at ShopSpot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's great. Uh, uh, so it's another bit of good direction, isn't it, by the right. director there, just to sort of throw you into sort of like a false sense if something awful is going to happen, then, mm. then, no, it's just a coat hanger. Right. Boom, it's great. So,
0: th- and this is where the information, everything starts kind of falling <laughs> apart. And they're finding out more about uh, India's around, knows what's going on. And we get the process of, again, because this dig is not far off site, <laughs> it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> obvious when some guys are gathering around a hole and they're pulling out a big box. You know. <laughs> so during this time, uh, Sola's getting out and he gets captured and the Germans now have the box that has the, the, the Ark of the Covenant in it. And uh, we kinda get another billock moment with Indy, which is kinda classic. Kinda goes like this.
1: So once again,
0: Jones, what was briefly yours is now mine. What of fitting
2: into your life's pursuits? You're about to become a permanent addition to this archaeological
1: find. Who knows? In a thousand years, even you may be worth something.
0: <laughs> Son of
1: a bitch. I'm afraid we <laughs> must be going now, Dr. Rose. Our prize is awaited in Berlin.
0: So, yeah, man. It's classic. So, not only does he take Everything that, that Indy ever finds, takes all of his winnings and stuff, but he's also trying to score on his woman, too. <laughs>
1: yeah. It doesn't go too well for him, does it? You know, Belloc turns up again. Yep, there we go. Thank you very much, Exactly. It? It's like, oh, man.
0: And another great scene here is when uh, Belloc decides that, uh, well, Marion's no no use me now. I've got the Ark. So he chunks her in there with him as well. And now we got the two of them trapped in, in the, the Well of Souls. And we got snakes that are getting closer and closer because the torches are all going out. They're sealing the top of the tomb, so they can't get out that way. So I can't come back in there with a, another Nazi flag rope <laughs> and pull them out. He's all out of flags. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is where uh, – this is the uh, the ingenuity of Indy. He decides to climb up on this statue that's a big snake statue. And starts rocking it back and forth, and he's going to try to go through this wall. He notices that there's hieroglyphics on this wall, and there's holes in it, but the snakes are coming through the wall. So, obviously, it's it's hollow. I, I guess that's how you know a wall is hollow. Next time I'm working on my house.
1: <laughs> if, and, you, if you see a snake coming through your wall, yeah. there's going to be another room behind there. Yeah, I probably need to <laughs> knock that wall out. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. But he gets what makes up, me laugh this, though, is that, like so he gets up on top of this statue. And it just moves like it's made out of, like, plaster or something, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's just like it's been down there all these years. But, no, Indy gets on there, gives it a little push. Yeah, we go. Hang on. Boom. That's it. Straight it's a, through the every bit of 40, 40 foot tall,
0: you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gets up here and starts it's rocking like, it back and forth, you know. Oh, yeah. man. Classic. It's unbelievable. But, uh, you know, it, it, and she's down here, Marion's down here, and she's fighting with the snakes, and her torch is going out. <laughs> snakes are getting closer and closer on her. And then the statue busts through the wall. And uh, this is the thing, okay? We bust through the wall, but all those snakes are still there. So how does all yeah, of, right, of a sudden it's yeah. like? Woo, we made it. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's still a floor full of snakes, and snakes coming through that wall into this
1: room. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It should have been like a, just like a chamber. But full you of know, thousands he, and thousands of snakes, but they're right. just like, no, we've disappeared. That's it. Go on, the snakes babe. are gone.
0: Right. But what we do get is a room full of mummies, which I have to admit, when I saw this as a kid, this terrified me, man. Because they're all, you know, Marion's walking in the room and they're all just flopping on her. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, this scene reminds me of Poltergeist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that bit when the the pool um, scene. In the, yeah. in the pool, isn't it? And yeah. I thought, again, you know, this is like a real sort of Spielberg statement but it's, it's almost like borderline a horror movie isn't yeah. it really yeah you know and you can sort of get away with it as an action flick if that makes sense but exactly yeah, man, it's, it's horrific really
0: and then not only do you get that but then you get the one mummy that's laying there and the snake is crawling oh, yeah. out of its mouth you know it's like
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you know we always talk about movies that are not horror movies that still terrified us you know and this is one of those moments man where well there's several in this movie and we haven't got to one of them yet but yeah these are the things that you laid in bed at night thinking about going oh my gosh that was crazy you know
1: yeah that was terrifying yeah yeah but um yeah this is like the start of the sort of triathlon isn't it of right going through events to. the flying wing now, isn't it? They sort of push that boulder around. It just misses the dude who's on the outside, he's having a sleep, <laughs> I and <mean, it's> like... <laughs> Yeah. So and he, he still doesn't wake up, does he? He's like right. bold and goes boom, he's... Ah, he's still having he's still having a sleep. He didn't hear that. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But, yeah, so we break out the other side, and we come out, and we're on the uh, another German lot here where there's this uh, cool, nifty plane.
1: It's a great plane, isn't it? I, I, it's pretty I really like this plane, but its I don't think it was ever used during the war if it was just made for the film. Sure. But, but what always gets me is they're like, yeah, okay, they're going to put the Ark on the plane. It's got two pilots on there, and in this game, we'll, we'll be on the plane. I'm thinking, where are they going to be on the plane? Because it's like it's, it's a wing. It doesn't have any <laughs> fuselage on it or anything like that. I was thinking, so where are they going to get into the arc? Right, exactly. <laughs> but we get uh, we, yeah. we get
0: all the, the twists and turns here. This is another classic, you know, full-on action scene where things happen by accident or by coincidence. Oh, yeah. You get, uh, you know, Indy fighting the mechanic guy that's got the wrench. You know, so you got that going on. Then the big guy you were talking about sees what's going on. So he comes out there and, you know, Whenever I'm ready to fight a guy, the first thing I'm going to do is take my shirt off.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, because, like I so say, the mechanic guy who wants to fight Indy, he's, he's not going to go and call his mates or anybody to say, yeah, here's Indiana Jonesy come. No shirt off. Right here we go. I'm gonna have a punch up now. <laughs> so take we get him
0: out. got a great battle going on here. We he end up fighting a great big, the big big German dude with no shirt. And then Marion's jumping up in the cockpit and kind of takes over the cockpit during all this. And a big German truck full of soldiers pulls up and she's shooting at it. The wing yeah. is swinging around and knocking fuel barrels over and fuels spilling out everywhere. I mean, it's one of those things where so much is going on at one time. That, you know, everybody in this scene should die, but they don't.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: And this big guy's just getting the best of Indy, man. He's just wearing him out. And there's, you know, he finally knocks Indy down. And the plane is spinning the whole time, just on on the ground, just turning around because nobody's flying this thing. It's just doing its own thing. And the big guy's standing there, and then all of a sudden the blades are coming up behind the guy. And he never even sees it coming, but the blades just... Chew the dude up. You don't really see it. You just see blood get splattered on the on the side of no, the plane. That's
1: a, that's a clever scene,
0: isn't it? Right, showing right.
1: something but not showing something. Yeah, right. so it's a good, good, good scene. That yeah, but it's not a good scene, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, need, needless to say, during all that, Indy and Marion get out and run away, and and uh, the the plane blows up. So there goes that that sort of transport that we were going to use. And at this point, they find out uh, that they have actually put the Ark on a truck, and they're just going to drive it now. And uh, we get the great scene where the truck is on its way, and then we get Indy on horseback, and it leads to this fantastic...
1: Oh, yeah. This is just an amazing scene. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Indy's trying to catch the, the, the truck that's got the Ark on it, and, you know try to capture it and take it away and you've got your leaders of the german groups here all your generals and the majors are all in the the car above and it's a a nice you know convertible so they're riding in style
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're gonna be okay now so all right nope
0: (laughs) and i love the fact of it's it's just like the old lone ranger series because you got indiana jones riding a horse and every time you see him riding it's And then it cuts to the truck and be like dun 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 And then yeah, it cuts back to Andy coming down here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is the B this is the B movie part of right. the film for me. Do you know what I mean? This is like say the Lone Ranger trying to take out the stagecoach. Right. And it works so well, doesn't it? It's just yeah. It's, yeah.
0: And so Andy finally catches up with it, takes over the truck, and he's driving and he starts ramming the <laughs> the, the the people in front of him. Uh you know the Germans are in the car, and you get a lot of knocking people off of. You know people working on the side of a building, and we're wiping yeah, out. The- right. there's, a,
1: there's a dude who falls in front of the windscreen, isn't there? <laughs> You're right. I'm <laughs> gonna laugh about it. I'm like, "This is so ridiculous." And you,
0: you got the Germans coming up behind in other cars and trucks, trying to capture it. And, and you know Indy's knocking them off the sides of cliffs and stuff. <laughs> You know, just classic stuff. And uh, it finally gets to where this guy, a couple of guys actually, get get on the truck, climb up, get up to the front. And one guy in particular, uh, Indy gets shot in the arm. You know, one guy takes a a wild shot, hits Indy in the arm. And uh, one guy gets in there and actually throws Indy through the windshield to the front of the truck. And we get the great scene where Indy's hanging on the front of the truck. And and the, the grill that he's hanging on starts falling apart, so he starts going under the truck. And he literally claws himself under the truck, climbs underneath while the truck's going down the road. You guys have seen this, you know. And uh, he takes the bull whip, latches onto the axle, basically, and just he's skiing back there on the back, being drugged behind the truck. Uh, I think
1: um, Harrison Ford did some of these own stunts there. I wouldn't doubt it. With that. Yeah, Yeah. I think he got beat up pretty good with that. He said, uh, but uh, it's. Um, and one of the german soldiers was uh armstrong who is uh he's double when he did that Hmm. so yeah he's he he has a punch-up with indy in the movie
0: (laughs) which which kind of makes sense too because it may even be the same guy that does this next part where indy it's like right reverse of it so indy climbs back on the truck gets all the way back in the dude is driving the truck now he throws him out the front and he tries to do the same thing as Indy did, and it just didn't work out. And you don't see the truck run over him. You just see an arm and leg
1: fly up. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that's probably what would really happen to Indy because yeah. he's Indiana Jones. No, he's he's going to get through that fine, but all the stuff that goes on with that guy, it's like, oh, no, he goes straight <laughs> under the wheel. <laughs> <It's>
0: like... <laughs> uh, just just classic, man. I mean, it, it's such fun adventure stuff going on here.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just an amazing thing. And when you get to end that scene, you sort of think... That's got to be it, isn't it? That's got to be the highlight scene, isn't it? Can't be <laughs> anything going on after this. No, nah, no. But it does, you, doesn't it? You know, it's... It doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't finish yet. It doesn't stop, no. That's it. It's, uh, yeah.
0: Well, how about the fact of Indy takes the truck and he drives it into that town and just the locals just hide the truck? I mean, just open this front <laughs> of the store and hide the truck and cover it up and... Like, they even they knew the truck was coming.
1: just grocery store, didn't they? And then they all sort of- <laughs> Just do, like, choreograph of, yeah, or, like, shouting and screaming. Oh, man. Yeah, we're not giving anything not giving. away here. No, but, that's it, mate. No, it's, not, it's not behind us in this grocery store as the Germans come in. So we, so we got it away from the Germans, and so now we're going
0: to take it on a little sh- ship and try to get it back to the U.S. So Sala hooks us up with uh, Mr. Katanga, mm. who's the yep, captain of this it. ship. And... uh so we've got the we've got the ark on the ship, Indy and and Marion's on the ship, and we're going back across, trying to get it back to the USA. And here's kind of where you get the 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 part where things try to slow down for a second. And you're trying to rekindle this relationship, and uh, you know you get the scene where she's kind of tending to his wounds. Indy's laying there, and he's all bruised up, beat up, scratched up. I mean, he's been drugged behind a German truck. <laughs> you
1: know, he's been crashing statues you got, you through got, walls. You've got to give this guy a break in at some point. Right. It really is.
0: So that turns into almost a, 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 a seduction scene where you know she yeah. goes up, kisses him, and then next thing she looks and he's dead asleep. <laughs> you know. So there you go. Uh, He's too tired. No time for love, Dr. Jones.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I like the way she goes, well, where doesn't it hurt? And then he just, like, points to his lips. (laughs) He's like, it's it's all right here.
0: (laughs) But lo and behold, while that's going on, Indy wakes up and he knows something's going on. And you do get this little kind of foreshadowing, too. Of It shows the box that that the arc is in. And the German symbol on it, this is just a wooden crate, but you see it, like, burn through the German cross there. Uh, And you see a little rat there looking at it like it's making a real high-pitched sound, and the rat's kind of reacting to it. So you don't get a lot of explanation on that, but it is kind of cool. But it's almost like to show you that the Germans are boarding.
1: You know. Yeah, and it's also, I think for that scene, it's it, it's little detail, but a lot of detail, you know what I mean, on yeah. that one scene. You've yeah. got the box, you've got the Nazi symbol burnt, like you say, and then the rap. But right. it's not an awful lot, but it's a lot, isn't it, to think, wow, what is it? What is this? Right. Thing? it's Whatever it is, it's bad, you know. <laughs>
0: And then we kind of get the part where the Germans are on board, and they're confiscating everything. They're holding everybody hostage. But it kind of turns out that uh, Mr. Katanga probably wasn't as uh, nice of a guy as we expected because apparently he was in – tight somehow with this group too because when they ask him where jones is he says i killed him myself even though (laughs) even though he kind of hit him too so it's almost like he's a double spy here it's like he kind of worked for the germans but he was actually working for the u.s but he's kind of in between i guess whoever pays the best right
1: (laughs) yes just let me keep the girl for my loss that's it thanks very much so
0: (laughs) so they so they, they they take the girl they take the arc they leave everybody else And they're looking around for Indy, and then one of them says, "I found him." (laughs) And you look across, and and the Germans are on a submarine now, or in a submarine, (laughs) and Indy's over there on the sub. All of a sudden, (laughs) he's like, "Okay, yeah,
1: yeah." Just you know, he's going to swim across. He's going to go on something. You think to yourself, "Okay, that's fine. It's a great looking. You know, it's great what you're doing, but it's a submarine. How are you going to get on it?" And then the whole thing is, you've got the whole crew
0: of the other ship over there cheering. It's like, y'all may want to keep it down because they may hear y'all reacting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Indy's on the sub, and this is the thing that gets me too, because he can't get in the sub. No. So the sub just never goes underwater. They just stay floating on top, I guess. there is almost of as the as
1: someone's called the captain and said Indiana Jones is on top. "All oh, right, we won't. we won't submerge, then that'll be alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: we end up going well, to this un, kind of uncharted <laughs> island. Well, it's actually charted, I guess, but it's German-occupied island. And uh they're pulling the sub in. They're getting the ark out and all this kind of stuff. So this is the island where they're going to test the ark. They want to make sure that it is what it is before they decide to take it before Hitler and say, "Here it is," and it turns out to be a fluke. So they mm-hmm. go to this island to open it up, which is. A no no. <laughs> so, you know, that's not what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to, you know, just sit and do its thing. <laughs> just look uh, at it. Yeah. You Don't just look it at up. it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And, uh, you see, Indy kind of, at this point, he's, uh, making his way around and ends up uh, beating up a soldier, takes in his outfit and another guy shows up and then uh, Indy beats him up and gets a hat
1: (laughs) yeah the uh, shirt doesn't fit but the hat's all right,
0: Right? (laughs) yeah, conveniently (laughs) works, you know but uh, we do get, uh, I I do have a little bit of dialogue here of of uh, why we're here because I think one of the commanders is asking Bellic why we're doing this so here we go here's a better explanation than what I just
1: did Monsieur I am uncomfortable with the thought of this Jewish ritual. i you sure it's necessary? Let me ask you this. Would you be more comfortable opening the Ark in Berlin for your Fuhrer? Finding out only then if the sacred pieces of the Covenant are inside? Knowing only then whether you have accomplished your mission and obtained the one true Ark. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. <laughs> it does make you think, though, doesn't it? He's going to go to this island, do this ritual, and you think, why well, do you think, you just open it up and have a quick peek inside and go, yeah, it's in there, fine, well, let's go to Berlin.
0: <laughs> well, and here's the thing, too, because Bellic, uh, you know, he, he says that, you know, they're talking about this Jewish ritual. So yeah, it's, it's you know, we've had the wrong headpiece for this already. How does he know about what this ritual is going to (laughs) be that you're supposed to do to open the ark? Yeah, because no one seems to
1: know about it, do they? And when you look in the book, if you open it up, it causes chaos,
0: and you think, Yeah.
1: Nowhere in in the Bible does
0: it say, to open the ark, step one, do this. Step two, do this. (laughs) So I've always been interested in where does it, because he even dresses in the garb, you know, for this. (laughs)
1: It's like, where did this come from? <laughs> but Maybe anyway, he should, have a, he should have a look at the TV guide. wait for the TV guide. How to open up an ark. So at this
2: point, we
0: got uh, the, the Germans are now marching. They're carrying their flags. They've got the ark. They're taking it out to the location to yeah. open it. And then Indy is following behind, kind of dressed like them, but not really, not really playing the game. He's keeping his distance. And then out of nowhere, he pops up with a rec- rocket launcher. <laughs>
1: where, like, like where,
0: where was this at? I mean, he wasn't carrying it while ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he pops up, hmm. got a rocket launcher, and he's threatening to blow up the Ark if they don't free Marion. And, of course, Bullock causes bluff. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you're going to blow up the Ark. So he knows that he's <laughs> not going to. So Indy ends up surrendering. And then they tie Indy and Marion up to the pole. And this is where we get the opening of the arc. arc. And, uh, man, again, it's just incredible what happens yeah, here, a, man. It's
1: another, um, like I said earlier, it's another horrific scene, isn't it, really? Yeah. The build-up to that. But the, this, you know, the opening know, of the arc,
0: and they reach down in there, and it's just sand. And they all start laughing at Bellick saying, yeah, this, this really turned out great, didn't it? And then, all of a sudden, you start having like generators and stuff that are there starting exploding. You get electrical problems. And at this point, you start seeing some things start floating around, like spirits or whatever floating around everybody. And at this point, Indy kind of looks at Mary and says, hey, you know, whatever you do, don't look at it. Keep your eyes closed. So he's already knowing. And they make a point through the show. I didn't bring this up earlier, but they kind of bring up throughout this whole episode about his belief He's not really into the belief of God and how this all Mm -hmm. works and all this. But he knows at this point (laughs) there's something to it. So even he's starting to go, okay, don't look at it. Keep your eyes closed. And you get this incredible scene where these spirits are floating around. And they show the face of one of them up close to Bellic. I think it's up to Bellic. And uh, it looks kind of like a female, almost like an angel thing. And then it turns to like a death angel, right? Yep. And, again, horrific. And you get this surge of energy, like lightning, basically, that just goes through all the German soldiers that are there. It's just going through this, uh, this through this soldier, into another soldier, into another soldier, just, like, frying them all. And then the experience. Well,
1: that's right, and it's, um, like you say, it's it's a horrific scene, but you can somehow get away with it because it's an adventure film. Exactly. For some reason, no one ever says, what's you know, when you say about a horror scene, no one really talks about this one. It's quite, it's, it's right. quite sort of. X, yeah. It's almost like a sort of X-rated sort of scene, isn't it? Really, you know.
0: And of course, the thing that you get out of this, well, they're Germans, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: This is the thing. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, yeah, my okay, German listeners.
0: I, that's not my opinion. That's just the uh, the opinion. No, no, of... no, no,
1: no. It's just the, <laughs> it's what's going on in the film here. But, right.
0: Yeah. And uh, but then uh, then you get the incredible spirits changing, and then the face melting. How can you not talk about this movie? Uh, you know, not bring up <laughs> the face melting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like say so th- this scene just makes it pinnacle, doesn't it? For everything yeah. that else has gone on, this this just sort of nails, nails it, doesn't it? Really, you just think, oh my god! And I still watch well, like. Well, I just seen? you know, even when I watched yeah. this when I was six years old, I was like, whoa! Yeah, but. You know, I, you know I, it just blew me away.
0: And I'm still blown away by it. And I know it's mm. just kind of wax. You know, they're doing the wax melting thing and speeding it up. But still, it still looks
1: incredible. Uh <laughs> like, the whole effects as well with the angels flying yeah, around. I yeah. mean, this is, like, pre-Ghostbusters, isn't it? Right. You know I mean, it's yeah. 81. So, um, and I'd look... Um, and there's no notable special effects artists on this movie. Yeah, Do, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong, but I was looking for some names. Well, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty. Rick sure it's going. Uh, well, I'm
0: pretty sure it's going to be ILM. It's going to be Industrial Light and Magic. You know, Lucas's yeah, yeah. group. Yeah. Uh because a lot of these are such cinematic. Effects, You know, you're dealing with camera mm. moves and, and, you know, what what they're best at. So this is really kind of the start of that marriage. So this is kind Absolutely. of – Absolutely,
1: because when I look on um, the IMBD, I think there's about 48 industrial light and sound engineers on this. Oh, yeah. So it kind yeah. of gives you an idea of how many people were involved probably for this scene because the rest was – like practical special effects, if you know what I mean, for yeah. explosions and stuff. But I think a lot of that was around this one scene here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Amazing. And then during
0: all the melting and stuff, out of nowhere, you start seeing everything kind of going back into the arc and then the top just comes out of nowhere and seals it yeah. back right on top. <laughs> See, yeah. See so it goes straight up in the air
1: and boom, that's it. Done.
0: I've always wondered about <laughs> How long do Indy and them sit there with their eyes closed afterwards? Though, do you wait an hour? Yeah, do you think it was like you? You open your eyes first. No, you open
1: your eyes first.
0: If only Solo was here, we'd get him to open his first.
1: Uh, yeah, Sala turns up and starts doing a sea chanty. I'm guy up the sea.
0: <laughs> uh, so, needless to say, uh, at this point, uh, here's here's the other thing too, because we're on a German-occupied island. And we never discover how they actually get the Ark off the island after this point. I mean, no, did it just- that's
1: right. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That never really gets brought up. It's just- Wouldn't you still have to, like, sneak it
0: out and not be seen? Yeah. <laughs> just saying. But anyways. Yeah, we're just... No. <laughs> but we end up getting the Ark back to the U.S. The Army now has it, and uh, they pay... Andy, very well for his do- deeds, and uh, then he's like, uh, well, where's the ark at? And they're like, well, we got top people on it. Well, who, yeah, who it. is it? Top people.
1: <laughs> yeah, we get, uh, was it, Paul King's back again? Yep. Yep. Red Six, <laughs> so top what place. It's yeah, safe. Okay.
0: that's right. So they just, uh, they put it in this huge warehouse, and the, the vast warehouse that you get the shot of is incredible as well. And so it, it's just boxed up. And just put it in a warehouse and that's where it ends and you're like, Wow, what what a what a odd way to kinda end it but I yeah. guess what else do you do so, with it, you know?
1: <laughs> well I I kinda like the little guy on the cart that's just putting these boxes in there, do you know right. what I mean? and you think he Wow, he must have some amazing stories to tell, do you know what I mean? Right. When, he's down, when he's down the bar, would you do I oh, just work in this warehouse? my <laughs> yeah. oh, well, okay. What'd you do today, yeah. honey? Well today I put away the golden
0: calf. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just put a box on top of another box. It goes on another box. <laughs> 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 I don't ask too many questions. I'll just do it. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> so there you go, folks, uh, man. there There is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A, the Lost Ark yeah. a great way to kick off this this new series for dude looks like the 80s. Um, you know, we're going to jump through a lot of genres on this show. This one just felt natural to kind of start off because the impact of this film is just absolutely huge. And, uh, and we're looking at 81. So this is a really turning point for the rest of the whole decade that we're going to be talking about. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I I don't really see a reason to do any kind of ratings or anything on this unless you want to.
1: No, not really. Um, well, I suppose. What does it get? I don't know. It gets gets 10 dates covered in poison out of 10, I guess. <laughs> uh. I think really, I think it, the listeners that are listening to this, I know a lot of everybody's seen Indiana Jones, right. but, um, it's a, like, I say, it's a no brainer, isn't it? Really? I mean, this is, it's a pinnacle eighties movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we're doing this show, isn't it? We, we said, you know, let's, let's, let's do a show about these, um, big blockbuster movies. Sure. You know, we're going to, which, them can, all, which can
0: kind of turn into a lot of different things. So, um, One thing we talked about doing when we were just kind of kicking this idea around is who else could have played the roles in these movies, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you had some that were actually looked at before, right?
1: You said uh, Tom Selleck? Sylvester Stallone. Wow. (laughs) So. What do you reckon? Hey, hey Marion, I, I, hey, man, I think Hey man, I think uh I
0: think and me could uh, partner up and uh go find this uh go find this arc. <laughs>
1: hey hey Jock, go start the engine, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'll work out great. I mean hell we wouldn't know any different, I guess, would we really? <laughs> You're right. Well, in my, my,
0: <laughs> my mind, I was thinking, and this this will tie into definitely yeah, something I'm going to talk about in a minute, but another person that kind of ends up being these kind of roles at this time was uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: Mike, you imagine. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean... <laughs> Because he kind of takes a stab at something like this that we'll probably bring up here in a minute. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we will. Um, but, yeah, I think I think if it was Chuck Norris, I think instead of Indy riding a horse, it would be riding a horse with a rocket launcher and a machine gun. Absolutely. See, it works. In the canon world, it works great.
0: <laughs> well, in the canon world, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's um, yeah. I can see Chuck Norris doing it.
0: I have found a list of movies that are considered to be lost. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark rip-offs, and uh, we'll kind of go through these. Some of these I've never even heard of, so here's one. Uh, Treasure of the Yankee Zephyr.
1: You ever heard of that one? Oh. oh, I have. Yeah, I have heard of that one, and I think it's got um, Donald Pleasance in it, I, I think, believe. Yeah, I think I that's think. right. Yeah, I saw, it. I saw it one afternoon, but yeah. Hunters of the Golden Cobra. <laughs> oh, is that the, um, is that the Italian? Is that the Italian ripoff? It, it sounds Italian. <laughs> yeah, because I was—I um, think I was looking at it the other day at ripoffs, and I, there's a scene in that movie where they do a car chase, uh. but they use radio-controlled cars. <laughs> It's—it's—it's like—it's crazy, you know. Here's it has ra- got a minute budget on it, but yeah. Raiders of Atlantis. Oh, I haven't heard of that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it says. Uh, Adventure Beyond the Edge of Time. Action unlike any this side of Mad Max and Rambo. <laughs>
1: uh, man, that just sounds like it just needs a ninja in it, and it's it's a done deal.
0: So, ironically, you know, you brought up Tom Selleck, but uh, High Road to China.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's, um, that's a film that gets forgotten about. Yeah. And, of course, that's um, because
0: he probably man, I should have done Raiders.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, they just go, but we got this one for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What about it uh, never really worked out, did it, really, of Nah. What about uh, the
0: the the Perils of Gwendolyn? Have you seen it? I've never heard of that one. It's got no, Tawny it in Sounds it. good. I've actually got that one. <laughs>
1: is, is that, a, is that, a, is that, that one of those Italian ripoffs as well? well is it or not?
0: Well, it's uh, let's just say it's a little more on the uh, adult side.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. A lot
0: more scantily <laughs> clad people in oh. that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, romancing the stone obviously uh yeah which oh, Jack T. I, yeah, I wouldn't one. call it a total ripoff i mean it's got the adventure thing but uh Davids yeah, because, kept...
1: um, yeah i yeah, say with romancing the stone um, danny devito he yeah. was asked to play Sulla, uh, raise the lost Ark, So there you go. That's him sort of having a jump at that. But he, he was good in there. I'll get you, Colton. <laughs> it's, it's great.
0: <laughs> Here's a uh, one called Diamonds of the Kilimanjaro, and it's got a couple of naked chicks with swords. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, oh, this next oh, one is man. something I definitely want us to talk about on this show. Hopefully we can review it. But it's Treasure of the Four Crowns. If you have ever
1: seen yeah, it? Absolutely,
0: yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time. It's not oh, good.
1: <laughs> it, it's, so, it's so bad you got to watch it. Exactly. I think that – isn't that the um... – isn't that a three D movie? Didn't yep. that come out in the three D yep. spell? Yeah, yep. this
0: is that that it's definitely an Italian flick because the main character the the, the actor is uh, Tony Anthony. His name's so good you gotta say it twice.
1: <laughs> uh, oh great.
0: Here's one called The Ark of the Sun God.
1: Oh, right, okay, yeah. It says hidden yeah, for I've two thousand
0: years, a treasure a treasure no man has ever seen or lived to tell about. Hmm, that don't sound familiar at all.
1: <laughs> No, does it sound like a racist rip-off or oh. something?
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, here's one called King Solomon's Minds. How about that?
1: Oh, Richard wow, Chamberlain. Okay. Hmm. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> no.
0: I must check that movie out. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this next one. It says Tex and the Died Hair. Tex and the Died Bits <sighs> Hair. Now, I don't know what this is. I think that's...
1: Um... Is that scraping the barrel? It's already been scraped a few times.
0: <laughs> Let's just call him Tex. It's <laughs> one called Jungle Raiders. Uh, speaking of uh, Chuck Norris here's Firewalker.
1: Yeah, the one with um, Lou Diamond. Uh, <laughs> Lou Lou, 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 Lou Gossett, Jr. <laughs> Diamond Phillips. <laughs> yeah, Lou, Di- Lou Gossett, Jr. <laughs> <Right>. Diamond Phillips. <laughs> you can't handle the Lou. You can't handle it, yeah. that's a, Is that a Cannon movie? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I uh, figured
0: I figured it might end up on our radar eventually. I think that will do. I think that might
1: be worth yeah. um, checking out. I watched show, it. Yeah, I watched too. it
0: recently, and it's still kind of fun. You know, it's it's badly done, but it's fun. Yeah, I think
1: um, I, I know we're going to review, but these I think these films know that they're going to be that type of movie if that makes sense. And I think Chuck Norris and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Have gone. Yeah, let's have some fun with this film. We'll, right. we'll roll with this and. All right, so here's, we'll go into that one.
0: here's a list of some other ones. I'll just go through them real quick. Sky Pirates, uh, Treasure of the Amazon, Armor of God, which is a Jackie Chan movie, uh, Jake Speed. How about that?
1: Yeah, I was going to say Jake Speed. I watched that um, not long ago because it got re-released on Arrow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a fun movie.
0: <laughs> Jane and the Lost City. Uh, oh, it's got your mate in
1: it, that one, is not it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flash
0: Gordon. Flash, Flash Gordon. Sam, yeah, Sam Jones.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Uh, Treasure of the Moon Goddess. Uh, oh God. Blood Bloodstone. Tennessee Buck. Uh, <laughs> That's a bit of you, that Rick, it? Just a little bit. It's got uh, David Keith in it. And uh, Kathy Shower. Yeah, nobody important. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Raiders of the Magic Ivory. Yeah, so you can tell. I mean, there's just a ton of these movies. Well, they're even saying... you got to think about it, too. Tomb Raider. Uh, you know, the versions of the Mummies that came out in, in the... What is it? 90, in the 90s or the 2000s with... Uh, adventure flicks.
1: Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Those are yeah, more actually,
0: adventure flicks.
1: Yeah, I actually think they were quite a good franchise. Um, yeah, I thought I they thought, were fun. Um, yeah, I thought the Mummy movies were really good. I thought they were like... Um, good Indiana Jones movies for that time. Yeah, Totally enjoyed it. I was totally sold with that.
0: And you got National Treasure Um, in there, too, kind of mentioned, which I kind of get that because it's kind of the same thing. It's just more of on a a civilized
1: turf, you know. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I I thought we might get away with mentioning Nicolas Cage on this show. (laughs) 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 Um, I kind of leave that for the guys on uh, Haunted Hill, you know. I mean, they seem to have a big surgence of Nicolas Cage on there right now. (laughs) Correct. (laughs)
0: well all right folks that's uh i think that's gonna kind of do it for this first episode man uh you got anything you want to add rj
1: no like i say rick it's it, it's been good being here um had a blast really looking forward to doing other shows so oh yeah um yeah you're a total yeah, natural just... man <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what the listeners say so that i'll be um interested to absolutely hear any feedback or anything like that on facebook so but um Yeah, and like I say, as you say, if there's any films that you guys want us to um, cover, put it on Facebook and we'll have a look.
0: Absolutely. So we've got a Facebook group that's called uh, Dude Looks Like the 80s. You can jump on there. We share all kinds of 80s stuff. Not just movie stuff, but toys. Just just everything from the 80s. And, and uh, come join us over there. Have some fun with us. Share stuff all you want over there. But yeah, if you have some movie ideas you want us to cover for this show, put them out there. Or you can even message either one of us or on the Legion page as well. Uh, and don't forget to visit all the other great shows that are at Legion because I mean we're having fun. Fun, but they have fun on all those shows, too. And namely, like you said, Podcast on Ident Hill is a great show and uh, just a great bunch of guys. <laughs> and I'm hoping to kind of get them to come on here with us an episode not too far yeah, down the no, road. Yeah,
1: absolutely, Rick. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like, um, as, a, as a listener, as I said before at the beginning of the show, it, I think it's a lovely group of guys on here on the Legion podcast. You know, you've yeah. got Cole, uh, Duncan, yeah. uh, The Witch, Absolutely, um, Dar- Darren Wilson's got his show. Um, guys, I've never met, but I feel like I know. If that makes sense, you know what right. I mean. Since being here, and yep. now I'm here with you. I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. With you, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, but it's i'm I'm really enjoying myself you know, awesome. it's, a, it's a good time
0: well it's uh, i think uh, you're perfect for this and and you know like i said i i can't wait to see what all we tackle next man
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure we'll come up with something rick what do you reckon <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure we'll
0: <laughs> folks that's gonna do it for us till next time we will see you later
1: folks see you later guys